Hello, everyone, and welcome to uh, an episode of Couch Critics that is not like uh, any other episode we've done so far because we are switching from what entertainment to a different type of entertainment. So uh, no movies in this podcast. We are going to start a, uh, a whole entire season's worth of football podcast because I am a huge lover of football. And I thought, you know what? I have a podcast and I have a good friend who is a big football fan. Um, so I decided to see if he wanted to, to join together to make a football podcast uh, under Couch Critics name. So uh, I'm the host, Easton Moore, and then my co-host through uh, this series, I guess, is uh, Austin. Say hi to everyone. What's everybody? I only had to be held at gunpoint a little bit to be here. <laughs> uh, well, technically, we're like 200 miles apart, so I can't physically do that. So that's a lie. Uh, uh, this is our first I guess, virtual recording on Couch Chris as well. So we'll see how that goes. But I'm excited for this because I'm a huge football fan. And maybe at some point we'll throw on some other guests. But this should just be a weekly uh, every, I don't know, Wednesday-ish, Thursday. Um, we'll just release the episode uh, for that upcoming week. And we'll talk about what happened the last week and then our predictions of the next week. So if you're a football lover and just want to hear two fans of football talk, uh, that's what this podcast is. Um and so we actually are two friends that both went to high school together and both played football. Um, but I was a buck 50 and just couldn't make it in, in the football realm. So I had to drop out. Um, but Austin carried on throughout his senior year. Um, so that's kind of our football background. I don't think none of us went to college or anything. But uh, Austin, you continued with the football world and really sports in general when you wrote for our high school league's newsletter and even made it into the paper i believe right uh it's technically a more of a sports blog than more of an actual like news site and that kind of stuff and uh if anybody in the kansas city area is interested in the high school stuff if you look up sunflowerfootballnews.com that would be our main source for the high school news and that kind of stuff just me and a friend covering the local league and all that kind of stuff and that's basically it yeah so he's got, you've kind of been in the football world uh, covering high school football for a while, so uh, you're probably more in touch with uh, how some of this goes than I do because I just uh, watch the sport excessively, and uh, that's about it. So uh, that's kind of our background on it. I figured that was kind of needed because uh, I'm a movie guy from what this podcast says, so uh, that's kind of my football background. And so we're just going to jump uh, right into the football. This is the 2020 season. Uh, right after uh, the greatest season of football ever, where uh, the Chiefs held the Lombardi at the end of the 2019 season. Uh, we're both huge Chiefs fans, uh, but we'll, we won't just talk uh, Chiefs football. That'll kind of be a focal point, um, but we'll also talk about uh, some of the other teams, some of uh, the other storylines that are going on, and we'll make predictions for uh, some of the other, uh, like each week we'll just make predictions for who we think is going to win that week and uh, see how things pan out. Uh, we'll probably have some some hot takes on who who wins divisions or who will win a game or uh, who will be a breakout player of the year or uh, stuff like that. So um, I think it'll be fun. And as episodes progress, I'm sure we'll we'll get more comfortable and uh, start goofing and and having fun with it. So just as we uh, we start off here, we've had a pretty crazy off season, I would say. Uh, probably the craziest off season in history with COVID hitting what, like 
two, three weeks after the Chiefs won a Super Bowl. Does that sound about right? I think so. Yeah. I was like, I feel like we had one of the highest highs of my life. Uh, one of, you know, I did get married, so I was kind of high up there. But the Chiefs winning the Super Bowl was uh, a pretty damn high for me. Uh, I cried for a very long time, and then I blacked out and woke up and remembered that we had still won the Super Bowl. So it was amazing. Um, and so right after that, uh, a whole entire government, and well, not a whole entire government, a whole entire nation shuts down in, in March. Uh, it really shuts down sports because March Madness shut down. Uh, which I don't know about you guys, but uh, I don't watch too much basketball, but I do watch March Madness, and I do have 12 brackets every year, and I have so much fun going to Buffalo Wild Wings and spending 12 hours on Friday and Saturday watching the round of 32 and or round of 64 and the round of 32 and uh, watching how, how all that pans out. So that was really depressing, and when I think – everyone started to get real scared on uh what covid was actually going to do to to everyone but that's kind of what started the off season uh and so it's been crazy ever since i mean training camps uh were ha- had to be held at uh our stadiums uh or locally rather than i know Kansas City is one of the big ones that likes to go to St. Joe's which is uh a couple miles away from from Arrowhead Stadium in the Kansas City area, and they didn't get to do that. Um, and then training camp was basically the same time of preseason, and they just cut out all the preseason, which uh, I don't know about you, Austin, but I was not expecting them to cut anything. Or really, maybe have like a couple preseasons game, but to have zero was uh, definitely unexpected for me. At least for me, when they always came to preseason games, I guess maybe it's, it's played by my perspective on what a preseason game is like i didn't really care and i wasn't honestly that surprised when they cut the preseason games because outside of you know preparing the younger guys and the guys that may not be starters i and a lot of people that i knew don't really care about the preseason games anyways and the risk that they have by having those games is completely different in terms of like the risk reward stuff versus actually having regular season games. So I wasn't really that shocked when they got rid of the preseason. It did feel weird, though, not having, like, those four or so weeks in preparation for what yeah, we're about to build to up to this, the regular season. I just was kind of – I figured that coaches and a lot of the players would have fought for preseason because, I mean, you have roster of 90 people or, or somewhere around there, and then you have to cut it down to 53 – and you do that by watching preseason games. You have to see how these guys play in live live games. And the coaches want to see how these guys are going to play in real time uh, against other NFL talent. And so do uh, the players want to show that they have what it takes to make it in the NFL. And having no preseasons at all, like if you had one or two games, that would have gave you some chance. That would have gave the coaches a little bit of time to be able to look at real speed uh, against other players, you know, how they would react and how they'd play, and they didn't get that. That's why I was surprised. I thought we'd at least have two. Um, well, I say at the least one, but, I mean, they just cut it all together. Uh, and I know Andy Reid was a big uh, advocate, so maybe that's why I'm thinking that most people did, because he wanted – he likes to, to show his team and his players how, like, uh, the routine of the games go, and he likes the preseason to kind of be a way to – to show that and now you're just getting thrusted into week one where this game matters and uh there are a lot of new guys to the team 
I mean, thankfully we took back a lot of our starters, but there are still a lot of new new players, and so you want them to know how the flow of uh, being at home or or traveling. They, you know, you want them to know how that feels and how the the process works. And now you just get to tell them. It's it's a lot different when you have to actually do it. Mm. Uh, you got anything else on on uh, any off season uh, preseason or training camp stuff? I don't know, just when it comes to the offseason, I'm personally the type of person where as much as I love like the statistics and the actual action that on the that you see on the field, for me I'm one of those type of fans that really goes kind of into hibernation between from like March to June or July. So for me to, stuff didn't really change that much as a football fan. And since I don't particularly like watch like actually watch the preseason games, the only thing that really changed was that I was kind of caught off guard when September came around just since I wasn't aware of preseason games going on, because I usually just kind of yeah. treat them as a countdown. That's true. But in terms of... Because even with, like, the draft and stuff, for me, it didn't really change that much, because, yeah, these guys didn't go and get to go and walk out and take the jerseys and shake the hands and all that. But players still got to, to pick their guys. That's all that matters. Or the teams got to pick yeah, their guys. that's really all that mattered. Yeah. I agree. I'm, I'm usually somebody that doesn't, like... I, I don't understand how people will look at the draft eight months ahead and and scout these players for eight months when they're just fans. Or, uh, I mean, obviously, if you're a scout, an NFL scout, it totally makes sense because that's your job and you want your team to do well. But I see fans and uh, Twitter guys all the time and, and different podcasts for eight months talking about draft people, and I don't know how they do that. And then over the off season, I'm kind of like you. I don't go to straight hibernation. I still try to keep up with what the Chiefs are doing, uh, but as a whole, you know, I gotta have I, I gotta have live football to to really be engaged because that's uh, <laughs> that's what I love. So, uh, we'll just go on to uh, to news. Then I dropped some uh, some news to Austin about <laughs> twenty seconds before the podcast started because he didn't realize. Uh, but I'd say the biggest news right now is Odell Beckham is uh, is trending on Twitter and social media right now because a podcast dropped, I think it was last night, uh, where a girl decided to talk about how she got flown into, uh, got to fly with Odell Beckham. This was a while back, so not because not during COVID or anything, but, um. And found out that he likes to uh, likes to get shit on during sex, and uh, that was quite the news drop. A lot of internet's definitely going wild over it because uh, one, he's in Cleveland, and I think a Cleveland, uh, I mean they're the Browns, and uh, slogan is the Cleveland Steamers, and so I mean people are just having all sorts of fun with <laughs> Odell. I mean you you can't let that kind of stuff go out. I mean. <laughs> I mean, there's nothing better than hearing Odell went to Brown Town. <laughs> uh, and one thing that people have to know about me is, even though I'm a diehard Chiefs fan, I was born and raised around Kansas City area. I'm actually, I actually lived a couple years in New Jersey, not 30 minutes away from Newfoundland Stadium or whatever the hell. The Meadowlands, not Newfoundland, I'm stupid. But the giants are like my nfc team they're literally the only nfc team that i really follow and care about so hearing odell of all people <laughs> being at the center of this it is the greatest story i've heard like all year aside from the super bowl yeah i mean it's 
the people are going crazy. I mean, I, I was scrolling through Twitter, and you can find about 75 different memes. I mean, they're all basically the same thing, but <laughs> all really funny. And, I mean, that's 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 some biggie news. It's not necessarily football-related, but it's uh, it's got a football player in it. It's about as funny as the news you can get throughout a year. I don't it, think there will be anything as funny as as that drops. So. It is a huge football news. There is no bigger story than Odell <laughs> Beckham becoming a number two receiver. <laughs> okay i see you're taking all the twitter jokes hey it's it's uh, too easy uh and I, I don't know if you've heard this austin because you just found out the news but if you if you listeners haven't and you really care about this story um the whole reason why she got uh invited to the plane in the first place is uh through a hookup and odell uh asked her to send her a video oh, no. of her shitting oh no and then she uh, complied, and then no. sure enough, sure enough, she uh, she was able on <laughs> on the plane and uh, did their deed. She did not actually poop on him, though. They uh, she said she couldn't do it. She tried. So that's the end of the story. <laughs> but I'm sure there are many women who complied and were able to uh, uh, release the brown. So. Yeah, you got anything else in this story that you want to add here, Austin? No, no, no. Okay. There's too much. I, I won't pile on. <laughs> You're going to let the Browns leave the station? Ugh. Okay. <laughs> I'm sorry for any other poop-related jokes that we do throughout the podcast. But uh, I think the only other news I've got here that's uh, really not breaking because I'm not an NFL insider, but Hopkins finally got uh, his deal done with the Arizona Cardinals. And... Uh, one, he's the most pl- paid, highest paid non-quarterback in the history of the NFL uh, with a contract of like over $50 million for two years. Yeah. That's a two-year deal, um, which I think just shows, one, he's he deserves it. I mean, I think he's a top three wide receiver in the league right now. Uh, I mean, really, I think you got Julio Jones, you've got Hopkins up there, you've got... Uh, I think Tyreek Hill, but I may be uh maybe biased. Um, and I I don't like to put Michael Thomas up there, but he probably should be. So my my uh, fantasy tape, my fantasy yeah. <laughs> scores will tell you otherwise. Yeah, well, you know he gets the ball a lot, and that's why he scores a lot of points. I don't know if it's because he's that great, you know. But nonetheless, he's he's at least top like five or seven. But uh, I, I would say I would definitely take Hopkins over him. But, I mean, there's definitely a lot of really good receivers, and, and Hopkins definitely uh, at the top of that list. So I'd say he deserves it. But I think the funnier story is the fact that Bill O'Brien traded him for a second-round pick in David Johnson that had a bigger <laughs> – not a bigger contract, obviously, than what Hopkins got, but a pretty damn big contract. And so I- – I will go to my grave not understand that deal. Unless, unless God forbid, Hopkins just, like, destroys one of his legs this season. This will never be a good deal on their part. If, and if I, David... we can't talk about it too much because God knows that thousands of people have already covered that to death over the last five months. Yeah. Yeah. But... It's it's just the funny – it's probably the worst deal I think I've ever seen. I, I think the only deal that comes close, when it, and it's not even close – as us, uh, the Chiefs trading Marcus Peters for a third-round pick or whatever the hell it was, but that that was because of locker room problems, not because they just I mean, wanted a running even, back. Like 
obviously, like, that could have been some locker room issues. But you still had a, a wide receiver that's one of the top players at his position. And yet, he was already secured for, like, what was it, like, two or three more years? Because this extension oh, yeah. secured him for five. That is a long time of team control to have. Un- it's just unbelievable. But anywho, that's not what we're talking about. We're talking about Hopkins with his extension. And honestly, I don't really see any problem with this. This seems like the perfect way for the team to try and see if they can get a like kind of not so much, but kind of replacement for Fitzgerald once he gets yeah. out of here. Because this will keep the, him in Arizona till he's at least thirty-three, if I recall. Yeah, and Fitzgerald can't be a number one receiver anymore, and th- and that's what they were trying to like he. There was nobody else but Fitzgerald on that offense, uh, in my opinion. I think they had they had some other guys, but none of them were really a star name. I wouldn't and, be able to name a single other receiver off the top of my head yeah, on that team. I can't either. Uh, yeah, I, I I I haven't either. So, um, but uh, anyways, we can uh, we can kind of move on from that Hopkins deal unless you've got something else. But it was definitely a uh, fun kind of snippet because one he deserves it and two just the whole bill o'brien thing i think is absolutely hilarious um but yeah moving on i think uh i think i was i just want to go ahead and hop into some chief stuff i don't really got any more news and uh chiefs play we're recording this on tuesday so chiefs play on thursday so we're only a couple days away from the chiefs playing and i am super excited to watch uh the chiefs destroy the houston texans as we did in the AFC divisional game. Um, so we're not going to preview the game. We're going to do that towards the end, but uh, just talk about kind of what uh, predictions on the season and predictions on some of our players. And I, for one, want to start off with talking about our two new additions, uh, rookie additions, that is with Clyde Edwards, Hilaire and Willie Gay jr. Um, I just kind of want to ask you, Austin, what you, uh, what you think they're going to bring to this team and how do you think they're going to do uh, in general this year? Well, I'm more, whenever it comes to following certain players and stuff, I'm always more focused on the offensive side just because that's what I played in high school. And That's fair. For, when it, no matter who the running back is, I always find it really hard to try and predict what I should, like, or tell what I should expect from them in their first year. Because even though he is a high-level pick, I would say that if he hits 1,000 yards rushing – that alone will tell me, okay, we've definitely got our guy for the next three or four years, at least. And that's just kind of my bar of success for any running back in his first year. If he somehow manages to be as good as everybody's saying in this system, then I feel like the sky's the limit, though, if that makes any sense. Oh, yeah, it makes all the sense, because uh, I'm with all the people with the hype. I, I've I've watched and, and heard Andrew Reid talk about him and heard scouts talk about him, and um, just with the skill sets that he brings, I think it's perfect for this offense because he is a uh, pass catching back, uh, but also a three down back. So he can he can sit there and run the ball on on first down or uh, Mahomes. Probably we probably shouldn't be doing that to Mahomes. We should probably throw <laughs> it first and then let uh, see uh, Clyde uh, pick up that first down or something. But I think he has the ability to be a dual threat back more than anybody that we've had on the Chiefs since Jamal Charles. I'm not saying that he is Jamal Charles, but I think uh, he has that dual threat capability um, 
Now, of course, Kareem Hunt that we had a couple years ago was outstanding, but most of his dual threat abilities were all, one, he ran the ball extremely well. He had great vision, but also extreme power, and that's how he was able to to get that rushing, uh, was a rushing leader that year. Uh, but all of his passing usually came with screen game. And I think Clyde edwards Alaire has uh, a little bit more uh, route running depth as a running back than than Hunt did, and I think Andy Reid can use that to his advantage uh, and really make the running back position uh, more, I don't know, hybrid or more uh, 20-20 and make it uh, not just a we're going to run the ball straight down you or or, or do a pitch and mm. see if see if we can get some blocks. It's going to be more of a we're going to use this guy in every way. He's going to be a way to confuse the defense because he's going off to the right or uh, you know, a fake, and, and, and you can use him in a billion different ways because he's just that versatile. So he's not the fastest back. Damian Williams last year was uh, definitely a faster back than, than Clyde, but and I know the Chiefs like speed for sure, but I'm excited to watch him play, mm-hmm. and I'm so excited that I drafted him in my two fantasy leagues this year. And so if he does bad, I do bad. But if he does fantastic, I do fantastic. So I've got uh, triple money on on Clyde edwards because I also think the Chiefs want him to do well. So, yeah, and and you mentioning Damian Williams just kind of gave me another idea on like where my level is of expectation. I do I expect Solaire or Edwards Solaire. I always call him Solaire because it just sounds easier to me. Rolls off the tongue easier. Yeah, yeah, it's just so nice. But I expect him to do better now that Damian Williams is out for the season. Like, I expect oh, him yeah. to do better than I would have expected Damian Williams to do without Edward Solaire behind him. If, like, I have personally, despite how awesome he was in the Super Bowl, I'm still not fully sold on Damian Williams. And thankfully this year, he's apparently not taking the opportunity to prove me wrong. But I would say I'm more happy with Edward Solaire being put into the starting position than I was with Williams for a whole season anyways. Yeah, and I think obviously the the front office thinks the same way. That's why they drafted him in the first round. I mean, Williams was great in every single postseason or the last couple postseasons. I mean, he he scored a ton of touchdowns for us, but uh, the problem is he couldn't do that. Uh, you know, nineteen weeks of of the year, he'd only do it the last eight weeks, which is great. I mean, you want you want your guys to show up in uh, November, December, and January, but. You've got to have them. Uh, you've got to have them show up in the early weeks as well, because them not showing up and not playing well, uh, those early weeks could could be the difference between getting a number one seat and a number two seat. And now that's the difference between having a buy and not. So, I'm I'm I don't know how I felt about them in the moment picking a running back. I more I don't know how uh, active you are on on Chiefs Twitter, but practically everyone on Chiefs and football Twitter thinks drafting a running back in the first round is a wasted pick. And so watching them pick him at 32 uh, definitely made me laugh because I got to see a whole bunch of Chiefs Twitter uh, eat their words and cry and, and, and yell and whatnot. But also, I just didn't know him that well. I knew that he played for LSU, and LSU was fantastic this last year. But And named him MVP, if that's, if that's noteworthy at all. Yeah, and one thing that I will give, like... I'll be a little forgiving for both myself and the Twitter Chiefs Twitter that was all upset about that pick, because I can I'm willing to admit that by the time the draft came around, 
I was still completely drunk off of the Super Bowl win. <laughs> yeah, and I was yeah, my great. my vision was not just rose tinted, like I could not see. It was just blood red because of how badly I was like affected by that. Cuz during the time of the draft, no people would not shut up about how good Damian Williams' Super Bowl performance was. I mean, yeah, it was so good that MVP. people were arguing that he should have been the MVP. So I can't ridiculous. really blame anybody for being confused by that pick at the time. But now that yeah. we're, you know, two or three days away from the the season starting, oh my god, thank goodness the Chiefs actually did this now that Damian Williams is out. Yeah, that's true. We would have had a really bad problem in the in the running back room if he if he opted out and we didn't take Clyde. And it's and this is kind of going back to some of the non Chiefs news, but you remind me as well. A new, another story that just came out uh, recently is the fact that Kareem Hunt actually got a two-year, $13 million extension with the Browns, yep. forever crushing my dreams that maybe the Chiefs will sometime get him back and make amends, as if that yeah. was ever going to happen to begin with. I think the Clyde pick kind of uh, ruined my hopes of that as well. But uh, I, I, if Clyde can come in here and produce like uh, like we had Hunt and, and maybe more so, then you know what? Uh, I'm okay with it. As much as I liked Hunt, and obviously he made a bad decision back then, and uh, you can think of that what you will, but he was a great football player, and the Chiefs were a lot better with him in the offense. So I'm hoping see, uh, hoping to see Clyde kind of bring that back. And I've seen apparently the Chiefs are have a really good knack at choosing really good running backs with third-round picks considering where they picked Kareem Hunt and Jamal Charles. That's true, but they decided but, to do first round this time. And if they're able to make that kind of success with third-round running backs, I can only imagine what they're going to do if they had enough confidence in a first-round running back. That's true. That is very true. Um, and if I'm not mistaken, who was our uh, our last number one uh, or first-round pick? That'd be uh, Patrick Mahomes. So oh, I would boy. say, uh, you know, I mean, he's got some big shoes to fill, but... You know, as a as a first round pick, let's see if he can uh, be as good as that pick because that was in uh, 2017, and then 2018. Because 18, uh, we didn't have a first round pick. If I we didn't have a we didn't have off. a first round pick for 18 or 19 uh, because we traded those for Mahomes. So, well, that was a hell of a deal. Yep, I'd take that deal any day. Um, so. Uh, I guess you didn't really want to talk about Willie Gay that much. Uh, and I mean, well, I'll say it's not that I don't have anything against Willie Gay, just so we're yeah, clear. You but, and know. One thing I will tell him is that even though he's a second round pick, and some people have already said this, but and it's a little sad, but he's a second round pick and he's already in the running for like one, being one of our top two linebackers. And I'm a little worried because I feel like that's saying a lot more about the status of our linebacker room. It is very much saying something about the status of our running back or uh, linebacker group, which is exactly why we needed him so bad. So that's why everyone's so excited because we, we needed that pretty bad. Honestly, I've always been a more big fan of pass rushers compared to like strong coverage and that kind of stuff. Yeah. So as long as, since we have a good back end and a good front end, I'm still pretty confident in the chiefs defense and, the more linebackers that we can get into the room, the better, in my opinion. Yeah, yeah. Um, 
So, I mean, I'm, I'm excited to see what Gay can do, especially because that was a position we needed. I think we needed cornerback a little bit more, um, but obviously the Chiefs didn't because they didn't really draft any until, like, the seventh round. So uh, I'm hoping that uh, that uh, cornerback group will be just fine. But with, with how good our front group is with uh, Jones and Clark um, – and then Tyre Matthew and, and Thornhill on the as the safeties. I'm hoping they can kind of piece it together. Uh, but I'm excited to see him because he's uh, – I don't know how much you really looked at him, but he's supposed to be – or he is one of the most athletic linebackers that came out of that group. Um, at least the 2020 draft. And so he's going to be a guy that can finally cover the running back out of the backfield, which destroyed us last year. So – and, of course, the run game uh, was pretty bad, and he's – uh, he can really move and he can get around the um, the blockers going to the second level and stuff. So uh, I'm excited to see him on on there to that way when we make games a shootout, they have to they have to try to throw with us. They can't just you know dink it off to the running back like New England did a couple of years ago. They have to they have to actually go pound for pound, not just uh, two yard passes that go for 15 yards every time. Yep. Uh, <laughs> I'm gonna. Uh, I say we're just going to some predictions on uh, some of the Chiefs players, um, and then after Actually, that we. Yeah. Before we go into this, this is a, another side note for us to transition. I've been going through the Twitters for a bunch of Chiefs players, and there's a couple things I noticed. One, I'm on Daniel Sorensen's Twitter account, and I've never even considered it, but I'm so shocked that he only has seven thousand followers on Twitter. Despite really? apparently being like the second favorite player amongst yeah. Chiefs fans, it seems aside from Dirty Pat Dan? Mahomes, yeah, he has seven thousand followers on Twitter. And the reason I'm even bringing this up is, as much as I love Dirty Dan, I implore people to go to his Twitter profile and look for the picture of him with his Super Bowl ring. Oh, because hilarious! That mustache has got to go. I'm sorry. <laughs> That is also not what I expected Dirty Dan to look at all. Like I think, I it's so weird because it is it like his father because it just does not look like him, but it also does. And I don't know who it is, but I'm sorry that mustache has to go. I'm praying that maybe I've just lost my mind, and that's not actually Dirty Dan. I mean, have you seen the picture with his son a little farther down? I mean, I'm pretty sure it's him. Oh my! It it. It's just I'm I'm sorry I'm I feel so bad I feel like such a dick because he's only thirty but I it's no mustache I've I've seen some bad facial hair but that almost takes the cake yeah he uh he's uh back in March he was completely clean shaven and he looks much different yeah but uh, it's still I gotta say though. Okay. You could have a face of Jabba the Hutt, and as long as it had that Chiefs <laughs> ring, you'd still look beautiful in my eyes. That's true. That's true. That the that ring is is quite a quite a beauty, um, especially the nice kicking the balls to the Texans, the Titans, <laughs> and San Francisco. That was a nice little touch that they threw in there just to throw some shade. Um. So yeah, we'll just go into predictions for the players. Uh, so I just want to hear your uh, your hot takes on on some of these players. Uh, we're gonna mostly just do uh, offense because that's kind of easier to predict than the defensive side of the ball. So starting off with the big man himself, MVP Pat Mahomes. How do you think he's uh, he's gonna do stat wise? Stat wise, um, top of pretty much every category. I mean, 
there's I feel like no matter what expectations you put against him, no matter how many yards you expect him to get, no matter how many touchdowns you expect him to throw, he will find some way to surpass those expectations. I mean, it's it's this is the closest I've ever seen to feeling like I'm in the presence of a football god right now, and I'm fully aware that my opinion is biased. <laughs> but th- this is we're in a current era right now that I feel is almost unprecedented. If he can even matches his past success, it's going to be an amazing year. I mean, it's I have really nothing bad to say about it, Mahomes. It's there's nothing for me. I mean, let's just put it this way: Pat Mahomes last year was injured for uh, like injured out of the game for for two and a half games, and then he was injured uh, playing injured for probably five or six weeks uh, throughout the season, and you saw a big dip from his game while while his ankle was injured. Um, that was from like week one to week five and a little bit after his uh, knee injury. And he still had 26 touchdowns and like 30 some hundred yards. So like even this guy hurt. I mean, as long as he doesn't get hurt every year, this guy's going to just break every stat, I think, imaginable. I mean, he had 4,000 yards last year. I was wrong. He had 4,000 yards and 26 touchdowns. Uh, even though being injured for a ver- like a large portion of his, uh, not maybe not a large portion, but definitely a, uh, a few games that year. Almost, so pretty almost half, almost half the season, he yes. was injured to some extent. Yep. And, and it's just, it's it's phenomenal. I'm and it th- that doesn't even account for the fact that he even though he doesn't do it as much as he probably could, there's uh, that rushing ability is insane. That rushing touchdown that he had against the Titans, that's all the proof you really need to see that he's not even doing all that he can do. Like, he's just doing stuff in a, like, it's almost conservative, I guess is the way to put it. He's being conservative with his abilities, and he's still succeeding on these levels. Yeah, I I, I agree. Um, and, and honestly, oh. I could, like, I could kiss his ass for another 30 minutes straight. <laughs> But I don't think that'd be very interesting. I think so. all of Chiefs Kingdom could. I mean, uh, I think all of Chiefs Kingdom is uh, is a Mahomes lover uh, for life. Um, I mean, I think he has more love than any player I've ever seen. We've definitely had some players that Chiefs player adore or Chiefs fans adore. I mean, Jamal Charles, DJ, Don Terry Poe of recent, um, Trent Green back in the day before his injury, and um, you know, and I th- there's been a lot. Uh, I, I guess obviously. Gonzalez, I mean, but I can't think of anybody who's more loved than than Mahomes. Honestly, the only thing that he could do better for me is to make Whataburger put more than one store (laughs) in the KC area. Yeah, I know. They need to put one closer to me. The closest I can come to a negative thing is, as depressing as it is, unless he literally does repeat his 2018 performance and gets like close to that 50 touchdown mark, I don't really know if I can see him winning MVP this year. Really? Specif- not because he's not capable and that he's not the most valuable player, but because it feels like every single year, even when he won, huge portions of the MVP race are decided not by the ability, but just by the storyline. And I just That's don't true. see the storyline working in his favor if he just repeats his success for the third year in a row. 
Like yeah, it's just not as exciting. But if but if he gets up to that fifty mark, I don't think there's any way somebody can take that away from him. Yeah, that's why that's why I'm saying is like he would need to probably get at least forty touchdowns and think, you know, kinda keep it around like the 40. ten to fifteen interceptions. If he does that, I mean there's there'd be like riots in the street over this. There's yeah. no way that they could defend it. But I just I don't know if I would say he's gonna go up to that level this year. Yeah. But we also he also has Edward Solera, like an actual real good dual threat running back. So yeah. that who knows, maybe that'll put him back over the top again. Yeah. So so what's your Mahomes stat line prediction? Oof. It's gotta be at least four thousand yards. Assuming that he plays the full 16 games again it has to be at least 4,000 and I wouldn't be shocked if he at least approaches 5,000 again just he still has all these weapons he's only added weapons on it's just it's amazing it's it's probably the most optimistic I've ever been as a Chiefs fan okay um how many interceptions I'm I would pray to God that he has less than 20. Oh, I would expect it to be he's... like 12 to 15 for a full season. Man, you're being real conservative with this. You're just putting like, uh, okay, okay. Well, I'm going to tell you mine. Mine's mine's out there. I think this is going to be the greatest offense in the NFL like has ever seen. Um, just between the fact that we have Mahomes, Kelsey, Hill, Watkins, Hardman, a brand new running back that's supposed to fit in the system perfectly. I don't see how it goes wrong unless there are some major injuries. Of course, Hill's had a problem with injuries before, and so has Watkins. Uh, Kelsey really hasn't. And if, for whatever reason, Mahomes get hurt, obviously it's going to break down our, our, our offense, and it's, we're going to be very average. You know, uh, Chad Henney going in there, I think Reed could draw some stuff up, but uh, you can't replace Mahomes, obviously. So I think if this team stays healthy, I think they have a chance to beat Peyton Manning's record at 55. And I think they have a chance of beating that record, not just hitting 55. Um, because I think this is going to be an all-out arsenal uh, 24-7. And I think this defense is going to hold teams a lot better than they did, uh, I think, in previous years. Because I think they're going to have more turnovers. And they're going to force more uh, three and outs, giving the ball back to Mahomes. Because I don't think this the run defense is going to be as bad either. Um, so I think I think he hits... I want to forty eight's my conservative, and that doesn't sound conservative, but that would be my conservative. And I think he can get up to, uh, I think he can get up to like a fifty eight. That's a ten touchdown range, which would be insane. I mean, I'm not saying this is lightly. I'm saying they have a historic, historically crazy offensive, like just show out where they have each game is like, um. Like a like five and six touchdowns is not a abnormal game. Mm. I mean, uh, and last year we were having a lot of games where, uh, you know, it was only a one or two touchdown game, and I don't think that's going to happen because, uh, and I also don't think that uh, Clyde Edwards-Alaire is going to be stealing a lot of um, rushing touchdowns. I think a lot of his touchdowns are going to be. Uh, Rece- like receiving like uh you know screen yeah. passes or or a kind of an angle route up the middle and i think those are going to be most of his touchdowns he'll definitely get rushing touchdowns don't get me wrong but i think 
most of his will come in the receiving because they're going to want the, they're going to want to put the ball in Mahomes' hand and it's going to work like it has for the last 2 years. Um and I think obviously if he's going for 50 whatever touchdowns, he's going to he's going to go for a lot of yards. So I think uh at least 5200 yards, probably more, but uh 52 50 52 53 uh, 100 yards. That's probably what I'm saying there. And I think he holds it at about 10 interceptions. I would like to say like eight uh, is what I actually think, but I I could see him throwing a little bit more interceptions because they're just, they're up by three touchdowns and they're just airing the ball out or something just to score some touchdowns and and maybe something happens. So, and that's kind of like the weird thing when it comes to me predicting interceptions with the homes, because it feels like when almost all the time, whenever he throws an interception, it's, something happens that's not in his control yeah. anyways. Like last year at least. The year before, he threw a lot of touchdowns trying to fit stuff in. But last year, throughout the regular season, most of his touchdowns, like his first touchdown was in week... You mean it, his interception? Yeah, his first interception was against Houston in week six where uh, there was a defensive holding and they didn't... Like, they threw the flag and then picked it up. So he only threw the ball because... Uh, because of the flag, and then they picked it up, and he got his first interception, and we lost that game. So, but nonetheless, you know, I think it's gonna, he's gonna, he's gonna go crazy. And it's hard to, it's hard to gauge interceptions, because yeah, you don't know what's gonna happen. I mean, he could throw a ball, it gets batted, and it goes right in someone else's hands. It could be tipped off of your receiver, and and you know, safety can come pick it up and stuff. So a lot of stuff can happen with interceptions. And, and honestly, I feel like the the fact that. Mahomes was able to not only go technically six weeks without throwing an interception, but let's see how much did he threw uh, at least eleven touchdown passes before he threw an interception. I don't even remember. It might have been eleven to twelve. Like that is insane to me that a quarterback can be so consistent that you're able to avoid an interception yeah. for that long a period of time while still being aggressive enough to throw touchdowns. Yeah. And then if you I, don't if you don't count that Houston if you don't uh count mm. that Houston one um that's uh he didn't throw an interception until his ninth game. If you don't count the Houston one because oh of that. My goodness. Now he did throw four interceptions in his last Three game or three interceptions in his last four games, and then he did have two against San Francisco. But so yeah, but that was also was around the time that he was playing injured and stuff. So it's the fact that he has to be injured to even be somewhat close to a normal quarterback. That is just incredible. It's awesome. It's amazing. Yeah, that's that's true. I I would say the interceptions in the in the playoffs were him making a couple, forcing some throws in there. I don't know if I would. I would say it was an injury, but he then turned around and, and made one of the greatest comebacks in Super Bowl history. Not the greatest. We all know who the greatest is, even though we don't want to talk about it, but it was one of the greatest for sure. And I feel like now would probably be a good time to transition considering we already uh, yeah. did exactly like I said we would and probably kissed <laughs> his ass for half an hour, it feels sure. like. And uh, to transition to Kelsey, yeah. which would probably I'd say is like the next biggest name, I feel like some people would argue that Hill's a bigger name, or maybe yeah. Matthew. But I, there's nothing to really say about Kelsey. I, he's, I'm already, I'm just gonna say another thousand yard season, another oh, yeah. maybe 1200 yards receiving. 
The dude was a tight end and was like what third or fourth in receiving yards. I'm so I'm always sick of hearing people saying that he's the second best tight end behind Kittle. And I like it because of the rivalry factor, just the fact that they're like Cena always battling for the lead in terms of yeah. receiving yards. But I still consider him I consider him the best tight end and I feel like he's probably going to have more success as a tight end this coming season. Yeah. And I I consider him a better receiving tight end, uh, even though Kittle did get more receiving yards. His uh, I think that was last year, so not this last year. But yeah, he the year had before. like what? He had Almost like fourteen hundred receiving yards. What a what a bastard! Yeah. <laughs> so upset. <laughs> well, he also had like two hundred ninety three yards in a quarter or in a half, and then they didn't throw him the ball at all the second half. So, yeah. <laughs> you know, but I I think Kittle does profit or. I don't know if profit's the right word, but he definitely is helped out by that offense and the fact that Kittle's the number one receiving option. And Kittle is also a tight end playing off of play action all the time, uh, which helps the tight end more than any other position. So he is being helped a lot with that. And then you could say, well, Kelsey is in a pass-happy offense with Mahomes as the quarterback, which is totally a fair argument. But Kelsey also has Hill and Hardman and Watkins and now a running back that are all fighting for the ball as well. And all those are all really solid receivers. Whereas Kill had, I mean, I guess you could say Debo, which he doesn't even have this year. So, and that was basically it. So, and I mean, uh, for when it comes to that stuff, I feel like just the fact that Mahomes has so many options to go to. I mean, hell, he had four receivers that had at least 500 yards and a 6-1 DeMarc- Demarcus Robinson who had 400 yards. Like, yeah, when you're in a system where the quarterback is not only able but is willing to pass the ball around to everybody, the fact that you're still able to compete yeah. and get that many yards, to me that's a better sign than being, oh, you're the one tight end who the whenever they do the pass time. the ball, you basically always get the ball. Yeah, I agree. But, you know, I, I still think – Kittle is a fantastic player and will be one of the great tight ends and football. And so I'm excited to see him play. Glad he's in the NFC. So the only time we really have to see him when a game matters is in the Super Bowl. So, and I will say I'm want to be clear. I I love seeing him play. I love him as a player. He's also a super just, fun dude. Just I just like hate Kelsey. him for existing at the same time as Kelsey. That's fair. That's basically it. Yeah, They're, I think it's funny how the two best tight ends in the league are just super fun dudes. Like, they're just both goofy and just love the game of football, like having fun, dancing, and uh, I like watching both of them play uh, quite a bit. Um, So my Kelsey prediction is I think he probably goes for eleven to 1,200 yards again. I don't see him breaking the single-season record because of everything I've said. There's too many other weapons here, uh, and I don't think the Chiefs are going to try to force that. I think the Chiefs are going to try to win a Super Bowl. So, um, yeah, I see him just having another – 11 to 1200 season so he continues that thousand yard uh consecutive the consecutive thousand yard season uh record and just keeps keeps chugging along with that um and i think he's got to have close to to 10 touchdowns um i think he's obviously a, a not necessarily a deep threat but he's a great over the middle 20 25 yard threat and then he can be really good in the red zone i think of course, Clyde edwards Elaire is going to be used quite a bit in the red zone, but uh, I think Kelsey's going to be really good for that. You're, you're 10 to 15 yards away from the end zone. You can get him the ball, and he can he can get in there. So 
Uh, if Mahomes is going to throw for 48, uh, 58 touchdowns, Kelsey's going to have to get his touchdown. So I think he's going to have a explosive year when it comes to, to touchdowns. And and that's kind of just the weird thing with Kelsey and trying to predict how many touchdowns he'll have is it really depends because if Mahomes does blow up again and goes for that, you know, 40 to 50 touchdowns, then he's he's basically a shoo-in to get at least eight to ten of those touchdown receptions. Exactly. But it was so yeah. strange because even last year he wasn't even the leader for touchdown receptions. He only had five to Tyree Kill seven, which yeah. to me is just it feels jarring. Well, it's because he'll a... just get so open. I mean, yeah, with his speed, it's so easy for him to get that couple steps, and once Hill gets a couple steps on you, he's in the end zone. So, I, 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 to me, it makes sense that Hill gets more uh, than than Kelsey because Hill doesn't get the red zone touchdowns, but he just gets you know fifty yards away from the from the end zone, he can just get so much separation and just get away from you. Mm. Yeah, for me, like in terms of expectations, I do. If he, unless nothing changes, he's probably not going to threaten for that yardage record this year. But I will say, if Hill does manage to get hurt, and I feel it only happens if Hill gets hurt, then Kelsey's almost a shoo-in to at least threaten for that record, because oh yeah, I'm like <laughs> that's the that's the only way that I can see it happening basically. So I guess we're kind of on the same in the same boat in that. Sense. Yeah, yeah, yeah. If if Hill is out for an expen- expen- extended period extended. of time, yeah, for let's say eight <laughs> games or so, then yeah, Kelsey could definitely threaten that because he's going to be the number one receiver. Um, and, and Watkins and Hardman can definitely step in and and produce some of what Hill can, but that's one less receiver that you really trust. And let me tell you, Patrick Mahomes trusts Kelsey. So, I mean, Kelsey will – or Mahomes is going to throw a throw a ball to, to Kelsey before Kelsey even knows where he's going, and that's exactly where Kelsey goes. It's happened a couple times before where Kelsey's like, how did you even know to throw the ball there? I I didn't know I was going there. He's like, well, you know, I just figured you'd go that way. So, um. Yeah, so you you just want to go to your hill prediction now? We already kind of yeah, weaved. I was in. looking. I was actually just perusing uh, Hill's career stats, and it's it kind of blows my mind that after four years, he's only started a full sixteen games one time. Yeah. In his four year career, and it's a, I mean it's a little concerning, but the fact that despite him being out for games, that he's still able to produce at such a level. I, assuming full and good health and all that, I mean, it's another 1,000-yarder. Because if Mahomes is going to throw for all these yards, they have to go to somebody. And if it's not going to Kelsey, most of them are going to go to Hill. So I would say it's easily 1,000. If he gets back up to, like, the 1,200 or 1,300 range, I also wouldn't really be surprised. If feel, Despite how much people love to talk up Tyreek Hill, and no matter how many good things people say, it still seems strange to me that he is a receiver that was able to get over 1,400 yards in 2018. Yeah, that's insane. That is insane, especially for his size and like just his build and everything. It's just incredible. And I really, that's just my expectation for him, is at least 1,200 yards. And if he can keep that up, he's already on well on his way to becoming like one of the best wide receivers that the Chiefs have ever had. Yeah. Uh, I'm with you on this one, but I think he breaks 1,300 and maybe breaks 1,400 um and i think he, he i think he breaks 10 touchdowns again like he did in 2018 um i he has already pulled a hamstring a little bit 
or uh, it was very minor in training camp, but he did do it. Um, but I I don't think we can say too much about him about the the sixteen games because I think the in two thousand sixteen he didn't uh, it didn't count because he wasn't a wide receiver, so he wasn't technically starting, but he still played sixteen games from what I can see. So it's not like he got hurt that season. It was just he wasn't a starter receiver. Um, whereas in in 17, 18, 19, he was a starter and just got hurt in 17 and 19 for a couple games. So, And he's only been in the league for four years. So I, I think it's a concern, but I don't think it's a, it's a big concern, especially when you're as fast as Hill is. I mean, you're going to tweak some things. Um, so I guess it may just be expected. But I'm expecting him to, to go off. Uh, with Mahomes this year because I think Mahomes is just going to be slinging the ball around and I don't think defenders are going to be able to know who to cover and be able to cover uh, all the weapons we have this year so um, I would say uh, around the 13 range um, and then over 10 touchdowns again yeah and so yeah we're I'd say we're basically in the same boat yeah and it's just kind of the weird thing with these Chiefs players and why I love them so much right now is there's I have nothing but high expectations for them because they've already proven, hey, these guys are good enough to go all the way and finish out on top. Yeah. So it's really it makes it really difficult to try to think of any flaws and stuff. But I'd say the the one exception that I have to the rule is our next player that we're going to talk about, which is Sammy Watkins. I uh, I just do not care about the Watkins deal. I didn't really care if we kept him or not. I didn't really care, like, how much we were going to pay him and stuff. Obviously, if they just kept his normal contract, I'd be a little upset. But I think he's probably, like, one of the most boring storylines out of all the major ones that we had this offseason. Really? And I I think... To me, there's just nothing exciting I don't think he's exciting any expectations I yeah, have. I don't him. think he's an exciting player, but I think he's a great player. And I think he, uh, he provides that second receiver, um, coverage that, that they need because you can't, you can't forget about Watkins on the field because he can be explosive. I mean, we saw it in Jacksonville, uh, week one last year where he had, a, a, mm. I don't remember exactly, but it was like 200 yards and, and like three or four touchdowns. I mean, you, he can have that kind of game, um, if you're not ready for it. And I, I think Watkins has a problem of not showing up every day. Uh, I mean, he shows up, but I don't think he puts in 100% every game, and that just kind of stinks. But I think uh, eventually he uh, he might he might come back to, to being that 1,000-yard receiver. I don't think he will this year because I think there's too many other people on the field. I don't, I don't think Mahomes trusts him as much as he does Kelsey Hill and Hardman, and we'll see how much he he trusts Clyde, but I, I do think that Watkins can have a, a big year. I mean, I, I think six to 700 yards, uh, and a, you know, five, six, seven touchdowns, somewhere in that range. Um, but I think Hardman actually and overtakes I feel this like year in, in production. Yeah. I, I'd say that's probably around my range. If he can at least repeat the like production that he had last year, then I will be perfectly satisfied with his season. If he somehow manages to even hit 800 yards, I'll actually oh, yeah. be kind of impressed 
just because that would mean he was able to find that many opportunities in like such a stacked yeah, offense. I agree. And he has the ability to do it because he's really good off press. Uh, he's one of our better receivers off press, uh, press man coverage, because he's just got the, the big body to be able to get past those corners. Uh, I mean, you saw it in the Super Bowl when, when Sherman was playing press and he was able to get on the inside and, and get that ball uh, to get the first down, a pretty crucial part uh, in the football game. So he has a skill set that, can definitely work because he's also a really fast guy it's not like um he's a press guy that runs a four eight or something he runs i think a four three a high four three so he's still fast and he's got the big body to be able to get around some of the guys um so i think he means a lot to this team and i think that's why they kept him because uh with the running back room they definitely could have if they didn't think that he brought something to this team they could have cut him they could have cut him they could have saved some cap space and they would have still had Hardman. They would have still had um, Pringle, and they still would have had uh, Fitton, somebody that in training camp a lot of the Chiefs players were going crazy about. Uh, we could have had him, and uh, Kemp is on the team right now. I mean, we have some solid backup receivers, and one of them, you know, Hardman could have bumped up, and, and then one of those other guys could have jumped in. But I think uh, the Chiefs saw the importance of having Watkins in the game and how – uh, defenses, you know, changed when he was in the game. And I think that's the same as, as Hardman, as we talk about next. Yeah, it, it's kind of crazy how quickly Michael Hardman's, like, put himself in the spotlight. The Jet! To, to go from essentially a contingency pick in the middle of a crisis for the Chiefs to, like, what a lot of people are saying is, like, one of the next big Chiefs receivers in terms of, like, starting that kind of caliber... It's honestly, it's so fascinating seeing him go because it's, I find it easy to forget that he had six touchdown receptions last year in more of like a backup role. And it's just, I'm very excited for him and I expect him, I personally expect him to actually kind of leapfrog Watkins in terms of like overall production, if not opportunities, because I kind of expect him to be more around that six to 700 range as well. So he'll be kind of like battling it out for third on the uh, stat chart. And that kind yeah, of thing. I, th- I think the same thing. I think he'll be – I think he's going to overtake Watkins in the um, stat, but I, I don't know if he's going to be a better player, but I do think he'll overtake him when it comes to stats, um, which isn't a bad thing for Watkins. I, I think he may be mad, but uh, when it comes to his contract, he doesn't have to be a 1,000-yard receiver to get his max money. So um, he just has to really show up in the playoffs and, and – make some moves there but i think hardman's gonna be uh when you have tyra kill travis kelsey sammy Watkins on the field and then you throw uh, a four receiver set with, or i guess it's not clear three rec- three receiver set and one tight end and you have hardman in there he's not going to get the best he's going to get the worst covered uh corner or slot slot corner or maybe a safety or something like that and i think he he's going to maximize on those uh, on those coverages and they may have to take people off of Watkins and cover him with the second corner or whatnot. And, um, I think all of that's going to benefit. Um, he's going to get some big chunk plays just like he did last year. I mean, people are going to be focused on Tyreek Hill and he's mm. going to be able to get over top because Tyreek Hill does a, um, 20 yard, uh, down the field, uh, in route or something. So, uh, yeah, I'm excited for Hardman. I mean, I'm excited for this whole offense. If you can't tell, I mean, I think this is going to be one of the best, uh, offenses in, in history and uh, all of these guys are fast and Mahomes can get it there uh, 
and I think a lot of Hardman's route running isn't the best, but I know that he's been working on it all off season, and so if he can clean that up, he's going to be a a well rounded receiver, just like uh, Hill turned out turned out to be. Um, I don't think he'll be at Hill level, but I think he'll he'll make some progression, and you know, open up his route running book and but, and make a progression this year. But but just imagine if he is able to improve his route running, and imagine if we actually manage to get into a part or a point where we have Hardman at the same level as oh, Hill. Oh, yeah. And then that suddenly means that the Chiefs have two Tyreek Hills, one on each side of the field. Oh, that would be a disaster oh, for yeah. every single team going up against them. And that's the only thing I can hope for. And kind of going back to Sammy Watkins that I just considered, I would actually maybe expect to see a lot more effort out of Watkins in this year, considering, as far as I can tell, this is his last yeah. year yeah. under this the contract. This is a contract year. And yeah, and he's only 27. I find it very easy to forget that Watkins is not that old. He's still got plenty of years left in the tank before he kind of hits that cliff that wide receivers tend yeah, to get. Yeah, he's got some more time. He can make and some more if money. He can, if he can, yeah, if he can pump out at least a few hundred more yards than he has been and be just a better, more active member of the offense, then he's probably going to be set, even if it's not with the Chiefs, He's going to be set with some other contract. So I would like to believe that he has that motivation that might push him over the edge again and maybe get him close to that 1,000-yard range. And because, I don't know, that's really the one additional thing that I could say is, at least for his sake, I hope that he really considers the situation he's in and the opportunity that he has. Because he still received 90 targets last year, but only caught 52 of them. And I, obviously, you can't control ones that are just too far out of your range. But if he can at least capitalize a little bit more, then we might have another potentially 1,000-yard receiver, which sounds absolutely ridiculous oh, yeah. Yeah. to have three different players that could approach that level. It is insane. Um, well, I think we should move on, uh, and maybe we should be quick on this one. Uh We've got our our new running back, Clyde Edwards Alaire. We already talked about him quite a bit, so we don't have to go too in depth. But uh what are your predictions on his stat line when it comes to rushing yards, receiving yards, and then I don't know, you could do combined of the two, and then of course his touchdowns. Uh, it's very diff it's I wanna say that he's at least gonna have a thousand yards rushing no matter what, just because he's a running back first, obviously. And I say that his running skills definitely good enough to get to him to that level, but it really just depends on how much they really want to shove him into the passing game from the get go. So I want to say like at least a thousand yards rushing, and then I would not be shocked if he had like around four hundred to five hundred receiving yards. And the only limitation that I put on his receiving yardage is specifically because of all the other options, just like everybody else. But if he ends up being just shoved right into the passing game immediately with that being the focus, I could easily see him having 500 to 600. Yeah. Um, and touchdowns, God, it's it's a free-for-all. Seven rushing touchdowns, ten rushing touchdowns, six receiving touchdowns, eight receiving touchdowns. There's no telling with this kind of guy and what they plan to do just because anybody could score on any given week. Hell, Pretty much everybody could score once every given week with yeah. these guys. So, it's... um, yeah, that's 
Uh, I might be a little bit higher on his receiving yards because I, I think he'll break a thousand and I don't think it'll he'll break it by much because I don't think the team's gonna focus too much on running. Um now the only the only counter to that I could see is if we're blowing people out and Andy Reid is just like, okay, I wanna kinda just rush this out. I could see him maybe uh getting up there a little bit, but I think for the most part, uh they're gonna try to utilize him in the rushing game and I wanna see if he can get up to seven to eight hundred yards receiving. See, if he, if he was specifically a receiver, I would say that that's a pretty decent target. But I just, I don't even know which running back had the highest, like what was the highest receiving yard total for a running back? McCaffrey I see had a thousand Austin, last year. It, yeah, but oh, okay, let's hold on though. McCaffrey's a different, <laughs> completely different monster. No, I though. agree. I agree. So, that's why I didn't say a thousand. That is the exception. I will say that Austin Eckler is it Eckler? I've never Eckler. heard his name match. He at least almost had a thousand, and I would definitely put him at least on the same level Austin as Eckler did? Edward Solaire. Yeah, that's what it says. Wait, is this? Yeah, it's receiving stats. He had nine hundred ninety-three. What was it? You are damn right. Yeah, he almost had as many receiving yards as McCaffrey. I never would have guessed that without looking at it myself. That's actually pretty crazy. See. I really should have drafted him. <laughs> uh, but you also have to think about this, though. Looking at the ESPN stats, out of the top 49 receivers, if I'm not mistaken, those are the only two running backs on that list. Yeah. So it's very, it's very it was very rare last year for a running back to hit yeah. those levels. And we're talking about a running back in a system where, yeah, again, you have Kelsey they Hill. have five other yeah. giant options yeah. to work with. Yeah. Um, I just, I just see, I see Andy Reid try to try to work the running backs into the offense so much over the past few years, um, and especially what he did with Charles, that I just see that this, uh, that he explodes. I mean, I want to look up real quick. Um, Jamal, you mean Charles or Williams? Or no, Jamal Charles, because he played with Andy Reid. Uh, did did he? Yeah, yeah his last year. I guess that then, was around that time. Um, I want to look at his. Uh, I'm I'm looking it up right now. I want to see his highest uh, receiving yard season. Um, I feel like it had to have been one of his last before he tore his Achilles the last time. Um, he had 693 his his highest. So um, that's right up there. What I was I was trying to say is I think it might be somewhere around that um, seven eight hundred yard range and that might be too high i mean i could be overshooting this um but i just see him him being used uh used that way but i do think that clyde has the same touchdown area as uh, jamal charles with seven receiving and 12 rushing i think that's about where um about where clyde edwards are there i think the rushing touchdown that might be a little high for his rushing I find it very difficult to give him too many rushing touchdowns just because of the way the Chiefs' offense yeah. is set up. But it's also Andy Reid, and he's got a running back who's capable of it, and if that's the case, he's probably going to have him do it. So, yeah, uh, it's, it could be up there, but I would I would say it's more around like the 8 or 9. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. I think he could end. get up to the 10 range, but um, I think for the most part he's going to – He's going to be more of the receiver. And, of course, running backs are going to get the ball on the two-yard line, so he's going to score some that way. And 
get a get a rush from the eight yard line and something opens up and he scores a touchdown. So it's definitely going to be there, but I don't think it's going to be as uh, as big of a story as his receiving, um, because you're going to get fewer targets. I don't know. I just feel like that's going to really open up our uh, open up this already fantastic um, passing offense. So we can uh, we talked more about him than I really want to. We can just generally talk about the defense um, on. Uh, I put in here Jones, Clark, and Matthew. We really don't have to go through stat lines because it's so hard to judge stat lines when it comes to to defensive players. Uh, But I think Jones and Clark are both some of the top uh, sack leaders. I don't think they're leaders, but I think they're up there, uh, up there in sacks. And I think Matthew, Matthew said back in January or no, July, I think, that he was going to get 10 interceptions this year. What do you think about that? You think he's going to get up to 10? If he gets 10 interceptions this re- year, I will personally bow down and kiss his feet. <laughs> You're kissing I, Mahomes' ass. That You're would kissing be Matthew's astronaut, feet. Like, we're not going to go into how far You're I would doing go. a lot of kissing right now. <laughs> um, yeah, I think Matthews has got the chance. He dropped a lot of interceptions last year, so he better have worked on his hands quite a bit. Um, but uh, Matthew is actually one of my favorite players on the team. I think it has to go Matt has to go Mahomes Matthew um back when we were uh losing Eric Berry because of all the in- with all the injuries uh of course I wanted to keep Eric Berry because he was my before uh this new era of Chiefs football Eric Berry was my favorite player in Chiefs history um just with everything that he went through I think Jamal Charles was a close was right there but I just loved Eric Berry and uh when we when we got rid of him, we were looking for a new free agent. I saw Matthew on the list. And I was like, we need to get that guy. That's who we need to get. Um, I did the thing that I said I don't like doing, and I looked at film for a bunch. And I just, I, <laughs> I looked at, uh, I just looked at highlights, you know. And I just like this looks like a guy that could, uh, that could really fit in and, and bring an attitude to this team that we we haven't had for a while. Because um, I actually like Peter's attitude. It was probably a little sore, but it brought some spunk and some. Uh, I don't know, some fire to the defense. Um, and that's what Jones mm-hmm. does. Uh, I think Clark and Matthew do that a lot more. Um, but anyways, I, I just think it was fun that that was the guy that I wanted. And usually the guy that you want, you don't get. But this time, the guy that I wanted did come on our team, and he's played fantastic. He is the Super Bowl jersey that I bought, um, which I shouldn't have bought because those jerseys are disgusting and look awful. But... It was our first Super Bowl in 50 years, and I wanted one anyways, and so I got a Matthew jersey. <laughs> See, one thing that I'll add on in response to what you said about Peters, I feel like our trio of like Matthew, Clark, and Jones, they are that perfect, just absolute beautiful level of like spunkiness and kind of cockiness or self-confidence. Yeah. I always the problem I always had with Peters was that he seemed to always take it to the like the yes, extreme. No, he, he pushed it way he past the line of what he, I would consider. He definitely acceptable. cost. I mean, he would he would cause penalties and and yeah, he definitely did a lot. Uh, but I'm just saying, I I do like that attitude of I I don't like players that feel like they don't care if they win or lose. Uh, I want some fire behind the behind the players, and and we didn't really have too much of that uh, in that in that last era but of course now we do i mean matthew clark jones mahomes uh kelsey all of them will let you know that uh they want to win this game they're gonna do whatever they can to win it so yeah and when it came to the matthews acquisition as a chiefs fan 
I it became ingrained in my mind to never have any expectations whatsoever when it comes <laughs> That's to free fair. agent Very signings. Fair. I only ever put hope in our draft selections. Because the draft, like, even when we weren't doing so hot before Andy Reid, like, I had some confidence in at least good portions yeah, of the draft. we would draft Jamal Charles. We drafted but, Barry. We drafted DJ. We drafted uh, Poe. I mean, we draft. Yeah, we, we've always been good at drafting good players. But it was always whenever a big free agent came out, uh, it almost felt like we were in a Royals <laughs> position, even though that's not how the NFL yeah. works at all. It never felt like I should get my hopes up for any big signings. But as soon, just like you said, as soon as Matthew came out, I was like, for the love yeah, of God. Yeah, you were texting back and forth about get it. Get Matthew. It's like before Matthew was available, you were passing on like a whole bunch of different other options. You got to get this one. This is the last chance. And thank goodness that they actually did that. Because he's probably on the defense. I'd say he's probably yeah. my favorite player. It's him, and then Chris Jones, and then Sorensen, I guess. <laughs> but honestly, Sorensen, it's like just you yeah. He's love he's a character. He's a fun guy. Uh, how do you think our defense as a whole is ranked this year? <laughs> oh God, rank. I don't want to be too optimistic because we already been completely optimism <laughs> with the offense, but. I'd say they're above average. I would expect them to finish around maybe like top 10 in terms of like yeah. overall stats and all that other type of crap. I just I can't bring myself to have too big of expectations just because I don't know if the run game's really been yeah, helped enough that's fair. to that's actually fair. stop people. I th- but the passing game, oh my God, like I don't actually have as much concern about the cornerbacks anymore just because we have Matthew to try to, you know, Bring I'm them excited together. to see what uh, one of the biggest issues with the Chiefs secondary. It's always been the fact that it it felt it always felt like they didn't know what yes, they were doing. Very true. It it was always jarring to me because we even saw that when we went to see their games live, where you would have to have Barry telling people where to go in a playoff yep. game, and it feels like Matthew's doing a lot better job of making sure they know what they're doing before yeah. they get on the field. And and Spagnolo, it's not just uh, Matthew. It's or defense coordinator. Uh, it's like Bob Sutton didn't yeah, know me, what he was doing. On the, was he didn't know how to coach thing. him. So they didn't know what they were doing on the field. And then, hey, what do you know? Uh, the uh, Julian Edelman is wide open 10 yards down the down the field on third and 10 five times in a row. I'm still yeah, traumatized. We are both very game. traumatized because we both went to that game. And it was um, very sad. But. We paid a lot of good money yeah. for that game. Um, I, I, I think the defense is top 10 as well. Um, I think they stay right about the 10 range. I don't think they do anything crazy. But I think Jones and Clark has uh, has enough sacks uh, to keep that quarterback uh, uneasy. So when they're winning games and they're going after that quarterback, the corner, the cornerbacks don't have to worry. Not as much pressure is on them. And uh, I think Thornhill and Matthew are fantastic safeties, so I think they kind of help that cornerback group not feel as uh, um, under like they they don't look as bad because they have two really uh, I would say elite safeties in the backfield helping them out, so uh, they can kind of pick up that no, slack. I, I'm so embarrassed right now, and I always feel embarrassed. I I always forget that Thornhill was there. Despite well, how he played good, yeah. he was because he didn't see him in the playoff run. I totally get that. Yeah, it, it, that must be the reason why. But I just completely forgot that he was even on this team. And I feel like the fact that we have him that is another huge factor that makes me think, okay, this is going to at least approach top ten. And the one thing I can say is, 
thankfully, I don't think it'll really matter if we are in the top 10, because as long as we're not the worst <laughs> defense, we have a chance. our offense is so good that it's going to make up That's fair. for anything, which it didn't necessarily make up for it two years beforehand. But my God, it's just, it's going to, I don't really care about the defense because I feel like as long as they show up and know where they're going, it'll be fine. It'll work itself yeah. out. But I do expect them defense to Defense is going to have to win range. a couple games at some point, and I think this team has the ability to do it. They're going to have a, a point where they're up by three and the defense has to hold, um, and I think the defense can, can at least do that um, at, at some points throughout the season. I'm sure they'll give up as well, but or give it up as well. But um, I think they're going to be going to be solid around top 10 uh i think we should probably stop talking about the chiefs because that's been probably uh 50 minutes of this episode so far um and so we're gonna we're gonna end not end well we're not even close to ending this episode yet we're gonna go to uh around the nfl with predictions of uh predictions of the conferences uh or divisions i should say um so we're just going to go division division and see uh, just talk about who we think is going to win that division and and what those rankings are going to be and we can talk about them for a little bit probably won't go as in depth obviously because we're not uh you know there's no lions fans here it's just two cheese fans and a kind of uh giants fan so yep. <laughs> let's start with the nfc south because uh i don't know i'm just kind of working my way through this list um nfc south has got the falcons the panthers the saints and the buccaneers uh, what do you what do you think that division is going to shake out to be? I mean, as much improved the roster of, of the Buccaneers seems to have been, I can never expect anybody except the Saints to win the division anymore. I on paper, I love everything about the Buccaneers. <laughs> I personally could not care less about the Panthers and the Falcons. Falcons, see. Those two teams, like, I always forget even exist in this division <laughs> sometimes. True. And it, but the only thing I can say is that I'm also kind of confused at how bad Atlanta it, no, has it's been insane. lately. With going to the Super Bowl and playing a fantastic Super Bowl for three quarters and then haven't played a single good quarter since that Super Bowl, like, five years ago. It's insane. <laughs> yeah, I, I just, I think it's going to, I feel like that's one of the easier ones to predict in terms of the top two teams, I'm hoping that the Buccaneers, that all this stuff that they're doing and all this press they're getting for doing it, I hope it amounts to something. But I would still say, like, I would expect the Saints to get in with maybe a 12-4 to or 11-5 record. And then the Buccaneers also get in as a wild card with a 10 to, like, 10-6 and or maybe an 11-5 record, but just, like, losing through a tiebreaker. Yeah. And it's just kind of a mess underneath. There's no telling what uh, the Panthers will do with Bridgewater. I hope they succeed. I love Bridgewater. He was really cool to watch filling in for Breeze. But I don't know if he and McCaffrey are really going to be enough to fix everything, especially since they're going through like that coaching change yeah, or, that's and true. all that stuff. And Buccaneers, I mean, fuck Tom Brady. <laughs> I, just, I really want them to. I I hope they go 2-14, and 14, but I'm not going to. Yeah. kid myself uh i'm pretty close with you here i think the saints are going to win the division but i do think it'll be a close race throughout a lot of the season but i think the saints will pull away towards the end and the buccaneers will just kind of make a wild card spot like you said uh because i don't think tom brady's going to be able to hold up for 16 games and i i just i i don't trust him anymore um maybe i'm saying as a salty cheese fans but you know 
he he's forty three almost now. So I just for so I just don't see him really being able to carry a team. Uh, he couldn't carry the the Patriots last year that had the greatest defense historically. You know, I'm one of the greatest defense defenses in in recent history, and he couldn't carry them to one playoff game or playoff win. So, um. I just uh, I don't trust him anymore, but he does have a uh, significantly better offense around him this year. So I think he'll look better than last year, but um, I just don't see him really going uh, going as far because he's not going to have that defense uh, that he had with the Patriots. Um, and I think the Panthers will will pick up the number three, but I don't think they'll have a overly good record. They may go seven and nine, eight and eight, and then I think the Falcons will will probably be at, uh, at somewhere near the bottom. I think Julio Jones will have a good year, but I don't think anybody else really around him. Maybe Ridley. So Matt Ryan will look decent because he has two really good receivers. But I think they're just kind of a dumpster and fire. You know what? Honestly, I was looking through it again. I guess the Falcons did go seven and yeah. nine last year. I gotta give them credit for that. It. I guess it. It just doesn't oh, no, feel doesn't. like they went seven and nine because they failed expectations so hardly or harshly. But I, I don't I can't see envision them reaching that win total. I don't either. Because of the teams that are around them. If they hit six and ten, I would still be satisfied with them. But if they actually I could technically see them making the playoffs just because they technically already had the base there to do so and they just you know yeah it's definitely possible with with any team in the nfl uh, anything can happen uh i think that's the good thing uh about the nfl is is teams that were two and 14 one year can turn around and make it to the super bowl it's what happened with san francisco last year uh you make a few changes and, and get a honestly, good draft pick and uh and that flips your whole entire team around you get momentum and and you can really ride that in so it's it's definitely possible that's just how i see that uh this division and honestly i i feel a little bad that i don't pay as much attention to the nfc as i do the afc because when i look at these tables and it's it feels weird because these it's not like these divisions have changed in recent history but the nfc like pretty much every division has oh, competition yeah. in it because in the south there's maybe three teams that are definitely in the running for the divisional title and then you have the NFC West with L.A., San Francisco, Seattle, and who knows what Arizona's going to do with Hopkins yeah. and these new weapons for their quarterback. We'll get to them later. And then the one, it's just it's amazing how the parody in the NFC doesn't seem nearly as bad as it is in yeah, the, the AFC. Uh, and we can go into specifics yeah, on what I'm talking NFC about. NFC definitely has uh, a lot more uh, upper-end talent. Uh, they have a lot more people in that uh, A range of teams uh, if you're on like a tier list. But I think the AFC is what has those S tier ranks. I mean, you've got Baltimore and uh, the Chiefs and, um, of course, the Patriots in years past. Um, and you just have the Steelers. And uh, I don't think anybody from the AFC South this year. Sorry, boys. Um, but, you know, I think you have those like higher up. <laughs> higher up teams and then the nfc has a big chunk of guys that are right below them um that could obviously w- and they could go in they could win the super bowl it definitely uh it happens you know but i i think uh there's a lot more of that middle ground to upper high tier um range in the nfc compared to the afc afc seems to have the stinker teams every year like the stinker stinker teams other than the bears they're, they're the stinker team from the nfc 
Anywho, which division uh, you want to go to next? Because I could not care. NFC North, we'll talk about. Uh, how do you see uh, that division ranking? Let's see Packers, here. Vikings, Lions, and Bears. NFC. You should know this. You know, I knew that. <laughs> God, you sound like my mom. Anywho, it feels kind of weird how much of a mess the North seems to be now, especially after how last season went. Because I would say... The Vikings, at least in my opinion, they seem like the most stable organization right now. Yeah, but they have Kirk Cousins. And Detroit doesn't count because being stably bad is still <laughs> unstable to me. And I'm sorry, I I will go to my grave never expecting anything of Detroit. I'm it's not happening. I'm sorry. That is it is a just depressing the over there. Yeah, it'll only take another like you know forty years to recoup all their current messes. But I would say I would expect it to be Vikings, probably Packers, because the Packers, even on their worst days, they usually manage to come around. And they went 13-3 and three, yeah, they, they uh, had, last uh, year. They had a good year. Uh, but I, I do not see them doing that again. I just cannot imagine with all the stuff that's been going on in the background with them. I don't know if Aaron Rodgers will be able to you know, kind of carry them to that again. Because he just barely had 4,000 yards last year. And... I, don't know, I just I see the Vikings. They seem a lot more on the upswing to me, and I would say it'd be them, probably ten to six, like a just barely scraping by. And I would like to believe that the Packers would be right up there, like ten six nine and seven. And it, obviously, they also have the potential of repeating with the amount of talent that they have. I just don't really see it happening. Sure. And I, the Bears and Lions just disgusting. Just. What a mess. I'm sorry. Mitch Trubisky is horrible. I don't care what people have to say. I even have friends who are Chicago fans who hate their team right now because of how they've handled yeah. Mitch Trubisky. And I don't see how they can possibly fix it at this point. They're not They're not it's, fixing it's, it, it this year unless they put Big Dick Nick in. <laughs> I, how much did I – you know what? Didn't they, they like pay him like $21 million to be a backup? To to be a backup? Yeah. So – just unbelievable. Yeah, this is what I think. I think the Packers are gonna. They're not gonna repeat, but they're probably gonna go twelve and four or uh, eleven and five, something like that. And the Vikings are gonna be right behind them, and I think the Lions are gonna be the number three, and then the Bears are gonna be last if they keep Mitchell Trubisky in there the whole season. If they do put Big Dick Nick in and he <laughs> comes back to playoff form and swings that thing around, then uh, I-, I could see them them getting a, a wild card spot. Um, but I don't, I think they're going to stick with Mitch too long uh, to make them win the division. But I, I, I love the way that Nick plays. He just throws that ball around and they do have Allen Robinson, which is a uh, really great receiver. So they can, uh, they could probably do something in there uh, if they, uh, if, if they do something with Mitch and I don't think their defense is as good as it used to be as well, but they do have Khalil Mack and Khalil Mack can, uh, can, destroy uh a de- or an offense single-handedly so let's yeah i feel i feel like the bears their pass defense will be really good on or the pass rush will be very good on paper but i'm completely suspicious about every other aspect oh, yeah, of their too. game and i would expect chicago to like kind of re- like revert revert back to like six to seven wins 
And that's really only because they get to play two games against Detroit, and they just have to squeak out four other wins against other bottom feeders to get there. And Detroit, I three wins is tops for me at any time with Detroit. So if, if they ever go above that, I consider that a huge win. Who even cares about playoffs at that point? And I'm sorry if there's any Detroit Lions fans, but I will never stop shitting on Detroit. <laughs> I mean, it's fair. They haven't won really anything ever, so... Hey, they made the playoffs like once, maybe like, what was it, three, five years ago, twenty years ago. <laughs> they also did go zero and sixteen in the last ten years. So let's move on before I just actually like okay. Them on the uh, we'll go to the NFC West because we'll finish up on your uh, on your favorite division, the NFC East. So the NFC West, we've got the Cardinals, the Rams, the Forty ers and the Seahawks. This is, I think, the most interesting division in. Uh, probably all of the NFL. So uh, how do you see the NFC West shaking up at the end of the year? Whew. That's a, that is a tough one. Because despite me not being like a fan of any of these teams, I could easily see pretty much like anybody in this division walking away. That is probably like the NFC West is easily one of the most exciting divisions to just watch as an observer. Because I, I like pretty much every single team in terms of, like, their ability and stuff. Even the Cardinals, who went 5-10-1. I don't one, like the Rams. I don't think anybody even expected them to hit, hit that level of win counts with all the stuff that happened before that season. Because nobody had any expectations for, uh, what's the head coach's name? Kingsbury, that's how it's pronounced. Like, nobody had any expectations for Kingsbury to actually succeed in, at a professional level to any extent. And the fact that with a rookie quarterback with almost no receiving options for that quarterback and, you know, just kind of a younger team that they're trying to build together. I would hope that they can at least compete a lot more with their additions, especially Isaiah Simmons, also shout out Olathe North. <laughs> yeah. if, if their defense can at least keep up and the addition of Hopkins can kind of push them over the edge, I'm hoping that they'll probably still be at the bottom of the board, but they'll be closer in like a 6-10 six or 7-9 six and, and, and that kind of thing. And it's kind of hard to go against the 49ers as the champions just because of how amazingly they did for the entire season. Like, they just kind of kept going no matter what was going on. But there's also, there's still the Seahawks. I would expect it to be another tight race between those two like it seems to always be every year. And the Rams are just kind of that weird one. It's so strange that they were in the Super Bowl not two years ago. Or I guess two years ago. How in the what? That's one of the scariest things about the Chiefs is just teams apparently do not do very well once they make yeah, the well, Super Bowl. we won Bowl. it, so it's okay. They lost it. Yeah, it's okay. It's, yeah, never mind. I'm not going to go into the Eagles part of that. Fair argument. enough. But I don't know. Rams are like the closest thing to a boring one, but it's still interesting with them because they still have they plenty do have of, a lot of players. players, and I. And Jared Goff, I never really considered him a top-tier quarterback, but he's still definitely good enough to carry a team to the playoffs. It's more just a question of who's going to be second, because I'm pretty sure whoever's going to be second is going to get at least one of the wild-card spots. And actually, there's is there three wild-card yes. spots this time? I forget how that... That's, that's awesome. I'm so happy that we're getting another wild-card game, just more football later on. 
But yeah. that's basically it. I'd say the 49ers are probably going to get in just because they've already done it once and they did so well last year. But pretty much any of them could have could be fighting yeah. for playoff spots. I think uh, I think Rams are going to be the number four in this in this division. I don't think they have too much upside this year. I don't think Jared Goff's getting better. I think he's kind of where he is, and he's not going to get better in that defense. I feel like it's gotten worse over time. Uh, even though they got Ramsey, mm-hmm. they got rid of Peters, and um, I don't know. It just doesn't uh, it doesn't have that same sting. Of course, they still have Aaron Donald, which is just a wrecking ball up the middle, but. Uh, for some reason, I just see them not doing well. Another, um, and I see the Cardinals doing a lot better this year. I don't think they make the playoffs, but I think they make strides of maybe like a eight and eight to nine and seven team. Um, and I think it's Seahawks and Forty ers and I think the Seahawks win the division um, with Forty ers I'm really debating if the Forty ers or the Eagles are going to make the playoffs, um, because there's three wild cards and I already think the Vikings mm. and the Buccaneers are going to make it. So I, I feel like the 49ers might be the odd man out here and they just go um, 10 and six or something like that. And the Eagles also go, you know, I don't know who knows. Cause I, 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 I don't know what I'm feeling. I think it's, uh, they're close to make that, that wild card, wild card spot. Mm. Uh, but we can go to the NFC East with uh, with your beloved Giants in it. How do you think the NFC East is going to go? As much as I love the Giants, I hate this division every <laughs> single year. Like, I like to poop on the Detroit Lions, but it's it's ne- it, it's never any. It is a constant cycle that of mediocrity that I will never understand. Like, on what. what I still remember when you sent me that CBS Sports article <laughs> about Dallas and going to the, the Super Chiefs. Bowl. It's not happening. It's not. I'm sorry. If any of these teams actually hits 11 wins, I will be shocked. Because no matter what you say or what they do in the offseason, because Dallas is supposed to have like one of the best stacked teams every yeah. year, it seems. And they never succeed with it. And it's really just the case with everybody. Like, yeah, the Giants have got new pieces, and Daniel Jones is going to get another year under his belt, and he's got a freaking Patriots coach to help him out, even though it's a freaking special teams coach. Fantastic. <laughs> Great. Thanks. Thanks, everybody. It's uh, so funny. But it doesn't matter what any of these teams do. I, it doesn't matter who makes the playoffs because they're going to blow it in the first round. Maybe they'll get one win. I just it's sad. It's very sad. I hope to God that the Giants can get up to like nine to ten wins. But that's kind of asking a lot. The Redskins whole I'm sorry, the Washington football team. <laughs> As it I guess I can give the Lions one thing. At least they're not Washington. That's true. Cause I don't even know how like if I was on the Washington team, I wouldn't even want to play games anymore. I would just have quit by now. <laughs> it's ridiculous. But to just sum it up, I, I'll just give you, sure, Giants, Philadelphia, Dallas, Poop, and then Redskins. Washington. <laughs> yeah, I That's going to take forever. You think the Giants are going to hurry up and get a freaking name? Yeah, but it's, again, it's because anybody can win that division <laughs> any given year. Well, it's 
it changed. It feels like it changes every. We are a very different year. thing because I think the Giants are going to have the number one overall pick in twenty twenty one, and I think they're going to get. And well, I think that they're about to get Trevor Lawrence, and they're about to be a decent team. The, uh, no, I'm. Even if they get the number one pick, if they get it, I promise they need, you, they're they not need to move Trevor on from Lawrence. Daniel Jones. He is not the answer. No, uh, no, we are going to have a fight <laughs> Dan- over that. We don't have enough time to have a full fight over this. But Daniel Jones is—he had three thousand yards last year. He was Daniel Jones was not the problem last year. I saw him play multiple times and never like, saw anything good from him. And I cannot believe he was a first-round pick. No, nah, I'm sorry you, that that is completely. You, you gotta like, cut your losses. The, per, the type of person you're talking about is on a Mitch Trubisky <laughs> level. This dude is not even close to. He's a not Mitch Trubisky, Trubisky level. level. You're he's right, complete, but he, I think he's, he's below com- average. I, I would say he's say below that. average, and I because he he had 24 touchdowns and 12 interceptions. That's perfectly fine for a starting quarterback, especially a starting quarterback in his first year. I just uh, maybe I'm wrong, and he's not going to go. Maybe he'll be there for another couple of years, but you know, I guess maybe if if it actually does go so poorly that the Giants actually do have the number one pick, then maybe I would okay. consider it. Because obviously, if they're that bad, something went wrong with Daniel. Okay, Jones as fair well. enough. I'll, I'll I'll cut back. I actually thought that he had somewhere around like an eighteen touchdown range, so that was my bad on not uh, not quite knowing. And I thought he had. So I thought his touchdown to interception. He also had like no receivers for an Fair entire enough. season. I, I just I thought his touchdown to interception ratio was like one point one or something, and I was like, I don't see this lasting very long. But I guess we'll we'll give it another year. I'll, I'll take back my statement and saying that they get the number one that they choose Trevor Lawrence. I'll say that. But I do think um, they'll be. I honestly think they'll be worse than the Washington uh, team. The Washington football You're dead team. To me. I think it'll be a, a a race for the worst between them two. What? But your boy Alex Smith is coming back on the Washington football team, so he's gonna. But you see, that's the thing, though, is that their best <laughs> bet at succeeding is relying on a quarterback with a shattered leg that had to be like stitched. And almost back died together. on the surgical table. I know, but you know, it's just what I feel. But I also think the Cowboys and Eagles are both going to finish with eleven and five season. Um. Mm-mm. And that's why I said nope. I don't know if San Francisco is gonna gonna make it or not, or maybe one of those teams goes nine and seven and and just misses the cut. But for some reason, I feel like the NFC East is again gonna have two teams get in it. Um, and and I think uh, I don't think either of them are gonna win the Super Bowl or anything, but I think they're gonna they're gonna make it. Uh, so yeah, that's that's the end of the NFC. So, okay. No, no, hold on. I will just so I don't seem like a total idiot when the Giants actually do blow this. My non-meme review or my non-meme <laughs> standings would probably be Philadelphia at like ten to six, nine to seven Average. because Medi- mediocrity. I, I do not see an NFC East team doing better than that. That's fair. I would expect the Dallas Cowboys to go <laughs> eight and eight again because I they could have the Chiefs team like you could change like switch the teams completely. And somehow the Cowboys would eight, still eight. manage. Well, they to don't go have eight, Jason eight. Garrett anymore. That is important. Hooray! They got the other guy that was steeped in mediocrity or just above average, except for one year. <laughs> well, Great. he at least consistently <laughs> made the playoffs. Unlike uh, 
Jason Garrett, who made it one every three times. Yeah, but he was also like consistently making the playoffs when the rest of his that's division was on fire. Enough. So fair enough. <laughs> well, you just said this whole entire division's anyway, on my... fire, so he's doing the same thing. <laughs> but he's no, no. You see, in the NFC, it was everybody except the Packers that were on fire. In the NFC East, it's literally <laughs> fair everybody. enough. Fair enough. You have to also that's, deal with the true. fire. Okay, well let's uh, let's head on over to the AFC, and I think we'll start with the worst division, um, maybe in football, the AFC South. They may not be the worst division in football. I just don't see anybody here even having a chance of winning a Super Bowl, so that's why I call them the worst. Well, it's kind of sad because, honestly, I could see three of the AFC divisions fighting for that title. And you'll probably you'll say I'm stupid for this because it's changed so quickly from, like, 2018 to 2019. But I'd say the AFC West is also fighting for that title. And we'll oh, go into that more the worst, detail uh, at the end. But Yeah, and the worst division in football, I'd say the AFC West is in that conversation. I but I'll yeah, explain we can, myself we'll, later. We'll do that at the end, and I can... I can kind of agree with you. So the AFC South, we've got the Texans, the Colts, the Jaguars, and the Titans. So quickly, where would you uh, rank this one out? Honestly, I'd say it, this one I kind of expect more of a repeat of last year with the Texans and the Titans. I expect both of those teams to at least make the playoffs. Because I would say, though, I do think that they're going to flip-flop where Tennessee's actually winning the division and Texans are the ones that are just barely scraping by. That's fair. Because even though they have just a, apparently the worst head coach of a playoff team in O'Brien or whatever the hell his name is, like, despite that, like, it's it's still a pretty good team. Like, you still got Deshaun Watson yeah, as no your Hopkins. quarterback. I just, I feel like Watson's a good enough quarterback to still at least carry them to, like, with this current system, I feel like he's good enough to carry them to the playoffs. But I don't expect him to ever have a chance of getting, you know, going up twenty-four nothing against the Chiefs again, just to you yeah. know, blow it five seconds later. But I, I do not see them holding off the Titans this time around because the Titans they were, they were rolling once they yeah. switched to Tannehill, and now that they have him more secured, I, I would say like ten to six for the Titans is yeah. a pretty good bar. Eleven to five might be pushing it just because. I feel like their system and the fact that they are so run heavy still, I think that just caps it at ten to six or eleven and five at the most. I just don't really see a team being able to do that without having a good pass, a passing game. Like I don't see twelve and four in their future so long as they keep this system. But Colts, it's kind of, it's hard to say how much of an impact Philip Rivers will really have. I've always at least cons. At least in recent history, I've considered Philip Rivers on the same level as Andrew Luck was. So there's always a chance that they'll make the playoffs in this pretty mediocre division. I don't think they're nearly as bad as you apparently seem to claim. But it's gonna—it's hard to tell with them. If they merge, meld really well with Philip Rivers, then I could see them going 9-7 and seven or 8-8. Eight and eight. But I don't really see them in a position to threaten for the playoffs for so much. But maybe next, like the following season, I will have to come back to that. And Jacksonville, I mean, Jacksonville is like, it's it's another one of those sad teams where I have no optimism, even in the best situations. Yeah, I would expect maybe 7-9 is easily the cap for them. And obviously, there's so many people that are saying that 
they're going to be tanking for this season, I don't really see that either, which might not be what Jacksonville yeah. fans want I could see hear. it happening, but... I just I expect more mediocrity. Um, yeah. So I would see... I think only one team from this division makes the playoffs, and I think it's the Tennessee Titans. I don't think the Texans make it. I think they regress tremendously from last year, even though they have Deshaun Watson. Um, and then I don't see the Colts going anywhere with Phillip Rivers, and I don't see Jaguars doing anything. So I'd say probably Titans, Colts, Texans, Jaguars is what I would I would make this up to be. I think the Colts have a good team, uh, but Phillip Rivers is going to – is going to fuck it up in the end. So that's what I would say. Uh, let's move on to the AFC East. We've got the Bills, the Dolphins, the Patriots, and the Jets. Hmm. 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 Jets suck. Miami is. I think Miami's going to go up this year, but I don't think they're going to like make the playoffs or anything i think tua needs time yeah it's just one of those things with the bottom feeders their improvement for them isn't yeah, enough they may go seven and nine or something because tua will will go until halfway through the season or something and mm-hmm. yeah i feel like to kind of reverse what i've been doing i'm going to start from the bottom i feel like the dolphins and the jets are going to be fighting for that like seven and nine win total and that type of thing I imagine one will probably go seven and nine, and the other one will go like six and ten, yeah, five fair. and eleven, because they're not. I don't think either of them are the worst team in football, and it still blows my mind that Miami got five wins. I I strongly remember how they started it was last season. Astronomically so, terrible. Yeah, <laughs> just just sad. But besides that, I the Bills are very strange in how. They always seem to be good every year, but no matter what happens or what problems go on with the Patriots, it's never enough. And I'm really curious on if they're really capable of taking that spot from the Patriots, like yeah. a lot of people are saying. Because even without Tom Brady, like you replace Tom Brady with Cam Newton, who won an MVP. I know he's not the same as when he won that MVP, but I'd say he's good enough to have like a mix of him adapting to this new system and Bill Belichick is a good enough coach to adapt the system to him. So I'd say we'll be looking at a different Patriots in terms of their offense sure. at least. But I don't know if I'd say it's going to be okay, worse necessarily. Fair. So you So I I I just feel like people are getting their hopes up and I think they're going to be disappointed you if you're expecting the Bills to just run away. You think away it's going to be Patriots now. Bills and then Dolphins Jets? I think the Patriots and Bills will probably both be around the 10 to 6 range just because they have to play the Jets and Dolphins <laughs> That's four fair. times total. Like, that alone basically almost guarantees you a 10-win season so long as you do well against yeah, the other fair. people. Um, I would say I think Jets are going to be one of the worst teams in the NFL. I don't, I don't trust Sam Darnold at all. Um, and I think Le'Veon Bell is a bad running back. Not maybe not bad running back. He's just not enough to elevate you to wins, and I think he's yeah, overhyped because I think he he benefited from being behind Ben Roethlisberger and Antonio Brown, and that's what made him so good. Um, and he doesn't have that with the Jets. He has Sam Darnold and uh, Anderson, uh, which is I mean he, he he's good. I, I, I mean guess. he's good, but he he's not Antonio Brown, and 
let me tell you, Sam Donald is not Ben Roethlisberger, uh, at least back in 2017 and 18 when he was playing like that. So um, I think they're the one of the worst teams in the NFL, and I think the Dolphins, like I said, make some strides. And I think the Patriots, I think they missed the playoffs. I don't think they do bad, but I don't think they – I just think they missed the playoffs because they've had so many people opt out, and I don't think Cam Newton's going to go in there and just be perfect. Um, I don't – I don't. You know, I think. Yeah, you have a point on that. I I forgot to take into consideration they had eight the, or nine opt outs. Like jump, like yeah, yeah, they opt um, So I just I feel like they're gonna have like an eight and eight season, and they're gonna miss the playoffs because um, we're gonna talk about these other two divisions, and I think uh, these other two divisions are gonna be really good. So, and I think the Bills win. I don't think they're gonna win by like. I don't think they're gonna be twelve and four or thirteen and three, but I think they'll be uh, ten and six or eleven and five. I think Josh Allen does better, but they'll. They're going to ride and die by their defense, and uh, I think their defense is, is pretty good. So, um, yeah, so I think it goes Bills, Patriots, Dolphins, Jets, with Bills being the only one that make it because they, uh, they win the division. Um, I see we go to the AFC North, and I think this is the best division in football, maybe right behind the – right there with the NFC West, which has the Cardinals, Rams, 49ers, and Seahawks even though I said that only the Seahawks are going to make the playoffs. So that doesn't really make any sense. But I think this is the best division in football with the Ravens, Bengals, Browns, and Steelers. Um, how do you think uh, that's going to shape up? Yeah, it, it's honestly... it's. I find it funny that we can say that this is probably, if not the best, it's easily the top two divisions considering that they had easily the worst team in football (laughs) last year and we would also argue like despite their record we would argue that the ravens weren't necessarily the best team in the afc yeah obviously they were really really good but yeah i would say i'd say it's probably one of the more exciting ones to look at because this one might this division might be more competitive because of how good the teams are unlike the nfc east where it's just how mediocre everybody is but I still say that nothing's really going to change in okay. terms of the standings. Because as much as we want to rag on the Ravens because of the Chiefs' pride, they damn are good football team. Ju- I find them yeah. just as good They're as a the damn Chiefs. good football I, team. I like they are different, but I find them easily like exactly on the same level as the Chiefs yeah, overall. And fourteen two, like. I wouldn't be surprised if they did it again. I'm going to say they're yeah. going to go 12 and 4 just cuz I want to imagine like more teams will be able to adapt better to Lamar yeah, Jackson's play style. And when it comes to the Browns, I mean I want to say that they'll beat out the Steelers this time around, but the Steelers also have Roethlisberger back and he's always been really consistent when he is playing and that kind of stuff. And <laughs> god the Browns just can't catch a break. I mean, they haven't even done anything, and they just find out their second receiver likes to get shit on, apparently. Literally. Was it 2019 season and I'm <laughs> being shit on? It's just... I don't know. I, I guess they do have a different coach, though. And Freddie Kitchens yeah, was not clearly the not well. the answer. So maybe that's all they really need. Maybe they really just needed another coach who is more... as like more acquainted with keeping yeah. the, the team together and that kind of stuff. Cause I still remember all there the was drama a lot. Yeah. from the Cleveland there Browns during that season. But I would still say like, eh, 
nine and seven to be optimistic with the Browns, but I would also expect the Steelers to be ten, six, nine and seven, so I don't see them getting into the playoffs, unfortunately, just because of all the other competition around them. Remember, there's three wild card spots though. But and I just um I'd be more obviously we differ on this, but I would be more inclined to believe that the Patriots, the Steelers and maybe the Texans or the Broncos will get that third spot. I just don't see the Browns being good enough to beat That's that many different yeah. teams out for it. So maybe they'll go 8-8 eight and eight or 7-9. and nine. I guess that would yeah. be kind of where they have to be to yeah. not get that. And then the Bengals, I am, as I saw Joe Burrow, because I watch a lot of college football as well. I watch pretty much every level of football. I was even a huge yeah, I was fan too. for you know yeah. the, the month that they were there. He his stuff was yeah. insane. It his stuff is just on a completely different level. Like I wouldn't be necessarily surprised if he was on a level of Pat Mahomes. Like if that ends up being the case, but his situation is completely yep. different from what Pat Mahomes started with, and they don't really have a choice but to throw yeah. him to the dogs 100%. immediately. If they hit five wins, yep. I will be severely yeah, impressed. But I'm, I can also say I'm more optimistic for them than I am for any of the other That's bottom fair. ranking teams. Um, I think uh, I've got Ravens. I think they're going to be uh, the division winners again. But I think Steelers are going to be right behind them with Ben Roethlisberger. I think they have a great defense, and they've got uh, some people around. Um, now, of course, Juju Smith, whatever his name is, um, he has to have a good year. He didn't last year, but he's got to have a good year this year. But I think... Uh, it's kind of a one-two punch with them too, and I actually think the Browns make it as well in the playoffs. Um, I think this division has three playoff teams, uh, and then the Bengals. I think have a uh, they get better, but they're not anywhere near as a, a playoff team or anything. Yeah, if the Bengals can somehow manage to get a really good building uh, next off season with the draft and get some more free agents, I feel like they could easily be in the hunt for wild cards positions again in as little as a year which is that is a weird thing to say for a team that's going to and 14 it it just depends on how uh, joe burrow does and and what they build around him so let's uh round this out with our uh our division here with the afc west um you got broncos chiefs raiders chargers uh how do you think this one's gonna shape up uh six and out 16 and out chiefs no, they they don't. No, no, no. Oh no. yeah, for sure. They'll go six and zero against oh, that, that's a good the division. Idea. And I, it, this is why I just don't think that the AFC West is as good as it used to be, because even when the Chiefs were dominating the 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 division in the last few years, it's still like it was kind of exciting. Yeah, and that was yeah, before the Chiefs, they had like, Mahomes. Didn't they lose to like the Chargers once? That was before they had Mahomes. Exactly, but. I suppose. Mahomes is but undefeated. I, just, I, don't, I can't see them. The Chiefs losing AFC to West. anybody, and I certainly can't see them losing to an yeah. AFC West team because the Broncos are the closest thing to a threat right now because they're like the most stable. Yeah, it I seems agree. like, and even they like. I don't really see the Broncos going better than nine and seven. It's very depressing. Yeah. Because I, it's really it's fun when you beat these teams because so, you know that they're good. And there used to be a time where I thought the AFC West was yeah, the best. No, a couple years ago it was the yeah. league. But I don't see the Raiders. I I don't think John Gruden's the answer, and I still can't believe I that still they can't signed him for so long. Carr. 
I feel bad for him because I feel like he had potential, but I think because of all the chaos that just comes Maybe. with the Raiders, he never Maybe. stood a chance. I just, uh, yeah, I, I, I'm thinking Chiefs uh, as the number one, Broncos make the playoffs as a wild card, and then I think Raiders then Chargers. I, I don't think they chargers just lost our let's put that up there as well see that was uh, exactly what i was yeah, looking for yeah. his they're, name their best player because they cannot they catch the a player. break how many years in a row have the chargers had multiple key players out for the one thing I, ending injuries it feels oh, like it, a, it yearly a yearly ritual, ritual but i them. do have to say the chargers have one advantage over every other nfl team in the league they are used to playing games with no fans in them so they're already used to that so they're gonna have an advantage for the first four or five weeks they may get a they may get a lead you know just imagine being in that situation though like with oakland and you get a new LA. stadium you finally finish these billion yeah, dollar in. stadiums well 20 percent. yeah you can't 20%. even put people in them i'm so curious on how that stadium is going to work out in terms of like fan attendance because to me, and maybe I'm just the weirdo, which is not the first time that I've been the weirdo, but I don't care about how nice a stadium is when the ticket prices also reflect how nice the stadium is because I don't care how new the Las Vegas stadium is. If it's going to cost me $500 to sit on the top <laughs> I'm level, I'm not going yeah. there to watch the Raiders get blown out yeah, by 30 sure. points. And I don't think the Raiders will have much of an issue just because of the nature of Las Vegas. Like, generally, if you're going to Las Vegas, you probably have money to spare anyways. But in L.A., like, they've had big stadiums. They've had nice new stadiums before, yeah, and nobody goes. Fair. What what makes this any different? And especially since you have two teams in this stadium when neither teams really cared about that much. And actually, I don't even know how the Rams did in terms of attendance, but that's not the point. But the the Chargers, they will probably be at the bottom of the standings again because they just cannot get, catch a break. They have the worst luck out of, like, what any NFL team, it seems. The Raiders, eh, 7-9. I expect 7-9 again. If they go 9-7, and seven, I wouldn't be surprised. But it just seems like it's a self-fulfilling prophecy almost that they're going to fuck it yeah, up somehow. I agree. And I, I, I do feel like the Broncos, they could go 10-6 and six just because of how much potential I agree. there seems to I be with I think Drew Locke has a lot of potential, which scares me as a Chiefs fan because I don't want the Broncos to do good. I don't want them to have any hope. I want them to go 1-15 every year. But, you know. Mm-hmm. And, it, and if the Broncos can actually get a d- good offense going, because they also, their first two picks in this year's draft were wide receivers. And they picked prob- Jerry Judy. I would say is yeah, one of my I agree. top. The wide one problem they did make though is they did sign Melvin Gordon to a big contract. I think that was a big misstep from that front office. I think that was a big mistake yeah. in the long term. Like I would have signed him. I would have signed him for. They had Phil Lindsay, which like was a, a cheap running back who was playing really well anyway. So it just it sounded it just felt like a dumb a dumb signing, but. Uh, I say we move on to uh, the the big picture here, and who do you think is going to be in the Super Bowl and then, of course, win the Super Bowl? I think I know what your AFC team is, but I'm not sure. I think you already know who's going to win the Super Bowl. I mean... I mean, you got the Chiefs as the AFC, right? (sighs) Mm. Okay. Oh, yeah. I wouldn't say easy because 
you only need one team. No, it's definitely not to easy. ruin it. And Baltimore oh, is definitely Baltimore capable of do doing it. Baltimore could do it. Um, I think. I don't know if the Bills could. The Steelers, I think, could. They have a good defense, and if Ben Roethlisberger goes off, it's possible. I don't think the Titans can do it, but you know, I, I think the Ravens or the Steelers could, or the Chiefs could just have a bad game like they did against the the Texans for the first quarter or whatever, and then this time they can't come back. I mean, it's you know anything's possible. Well, I feel like it, if the Chiefs' defense actually does improve over how they were last year. I don't think that any other team besides the Ravens can keep up with the Chiefs. I don't really even think that there's – it's not really a matter of slowing uh, yeah, down sure. the Chiefs. Because, I mean, seriously, last year there was one time, one game against the Colts where the Chiefs yeah. didn't score 20 points. And that was because – And, that was yeah, the they lost hurt. that game. Or, uh, Mahomes was hurt. That was the only reason why. Mm. Yeah. Was he hurt that game? Oh, yeah, that's right. Yeah. Didn't he, have an he had an ankle injury before. going into the game, and he had it all taped up and ready to go. And he his first drive was fantastic. Mm-hmm. He was driving again. Uh, we were at this game, Austin. That, Yeah. Oh, my God. You're they, right. I feel. Oh my, yeah. They, that's they, how they bad went, my I'm pretty sure they scored both. either on the first or second possession. They were looking really good. They were driving again. Because um, remember, that, that touchdown pass was to Pringle, where he like rolled to the left, rolled to the right, rolled to the left, rolled to the right, and then zipped it 50 mm-hmm. yards for a touchdown. Um, but then on, I don't know if it was the third, I think it was the third drive. One of the linemen came back and just burled into his ankle, the hurt ankle. And then he was wobbly and, and couldn't get his feet under him and couldn't, he wasn't mobile. And yeah, mm-hmm. so they, they couldn't move the ball after that. So. Yeah. And this just kind of reinforces my point. It's just, you, you can't stop the chief's offense. And we there's a lot of times where we were very pessimistic oh, about very. the Chiefs' defense before the actual playoffs came around, which uh, was kind of unfair at that point because they were, they had some they had more good games than towards bad, the end. in my opinion, yeah, especially the end, near the end of did. the regular season. But if they can maintain that type of progress, I don't see how any other team can possibly help yeah. to keep up. No, that's fair. I, I'm not going to disagree like, with you. I was saying that I think my wild card is the Steelers could, but. My my, I'm 100%. I think the Chiefs are going to make it to the Super Bowl again. Yeah, I, I would put the Steelers at number two out of everybody. Yeah, but it's like yeah. A distant no, I agree. I agree. Two in terms I agree. of threat. Um, so who's your NFC team? That is that one's a lot harder. There's so many good teams because I feel like there's, yeah, because I could see the Saints doing it. I could see the 49ers repeating again. I feel like the 49ers are going to be that kind of team where they do have like that drop off. Just from losing the Super Bowl, just like pretty much every other NFC team, it feels like lately. I I don't know if they'll be as far of a drop off as so the either. Rams were, but I would expect kind of like, yeah, they'll make the playoffs and they might do it kind of somewhat easily. That's not yeah. really a thing in NFL playoffs. I, I get what you mean, but I expect them kind of have the same performance as like Philadelphia. Like they'll make the playoffs. They might even get another win in the playoffs, like in the wild card or division. But I just don't see them going that far. But um, yeah, I my okay. favorite's the Saints. I guess I've always been, I've always leaned towards the Saints because they're always so consistent. But then I, I just don't see anybody in the NFC actually beating the Chiefs. I don't know if anybody's really going to be that exceptionally. Yeah, good. that's fair enough. Um, I think the Seahawks are going to make the Super Bowl again after a while. I think they finally got the run game. Uh, with 
Carson, I think is his name, and I think Wilson's doing great, yeah. and their defense isn't the Legion of Boom, but I think it's good enough. Uh, they always played the 49ers really tight when the 49ers last year were having a great season. Um, so I think the Seahawks win the division. It makes it easier for them to, to make it to the Super Bowl, and I think they do it. And I think they play the Chiefs, and I think the Chiefs win. And honestly, if the Seahawks can get another winning record, or even they haven't had less than 10 wins. They've only had less than 10 wins once since 2011. They went 9-7 and seven in 2017, and then in 2011 they went like 7-9. and nine. Every other year between now and then, yeah. they've had at least 10 wins. Yeah, exactly. So, I mean, just with that consistency alone, I feel like they're easily the second-best team in terms of their I chance the to make the Super could, Bowl. I think the Saints could, and I think, uh, and I, feel like, I think 49ers could. There's a lot of teams that could here, but for me, that's that's just who I see I see winning it. Uh, and I think a better way to put it is, Whoever wins the NFC West, I'll put <laughs> behind fair. the Saints. Um, all right, so we're gonna uh, finish up the this episode um, with just predictions for Week One. Uh, we've already been going for like two hours, so we should probably do this pretty quick. <laughs> so I'm just gonna name off uh, <laughs> the game, and you tell me who you think is gonna win win that game. We'll end with the Chiefs, and we can do a score, uh, and then we'll just go ahead and cut it. Um, or in the episode. So we've got Jets and Bills. Wow, you chose the worst one to start off with. It is, I'd say the, the Bills are probably going to win, like, I'd say 28 to 7. I don't really see the Jets. Yeah, I see the Bills destroying one. it. But yeah, it should be. A, yeah, yeah. Uh, we got Packings, uh, Packings, Packers versus Vikings. Oof. I want to say, just because of the way their offense is built, I'd say it's kind of a toss-up between the two, but I imagine the Packers will probably, they always find a way above the Vikings, it seems. So I'd expect, like, probably 31 to 28 around that range. I expect both the offenses okay. to do pretty well in that um, one. Yeah, I say the Packers, I think, are going to win. I think this is going to be one of the closest games of the year, or of the, of the week, though. I think that will be a lot of fun to watch. Uh, we got... The Eagles versus the Washington football team. I cannot believe that the the betting line right now is Philadelphia minus six. I feel like it's if you see that line, <laughs> just take it. That's fair. The Eagles are they're going to wreck Washington, especially in Week One. If Washington has it's, any hope, it's of five weeks wins in. this season. Yeah, it's it's not going to be at the beginning. Yeah, so I would I would expect the Eagles to win by at least I, I, seventeen points. So I'd expect like thirty-five yeah. to seven. Even. I say the Eagles it have could a pretty be that easy bad. one there too. Um, next time we got the we got the Odell Beckham shitters against the Ravens. I mean, they're they're <laughs> Browns are gonna shit the bed. They're, that's the best. You I think the Ravens are gonna with. take a dump? On I the would Browns? easily expect. Yeah, it's it's gonna be a mess. Of Does that very mean, is Odell mess. gonna get a hard on? It's gonna be the game smelly. Oh, God. <laughs> I'm sorry. Okay. Yeah. I, I'm sorry if you have that fetish, but uh, no, I, that's not yeah, for me. I, I'm with you. Nope. But nonetheless, I think the Ravens are going to take this, but I do think it's going to be close. I think this is going to show that the Browns are are willing to that they can fight. Um, but I, I I don't think they're going to win. I think the Ravens are going to come out. Yeah, I think I feel like it's going. The Ravens are going to win handedly, like by around ten to. 14 I say it's a possession points. game. Like. Eh, I'm yeah, not saying I like, could see that, but I'm I just I'm yeah. not as optimistic about the Browns That's in fair. terms of that kind of thing. That's definitely fair. Um, 
I would also say, uh, or the next game would be, um, for some reason it, it got minimized. We got the Colts versus the Jags. Hmm. I, I could see that. I feel like that's probably going to be more of a slow, kind of low-scoring game just because both teams are still transitioning. And especially, you know, since they didn't have the preseason games, it's it's more curious about how Philip Rivers is, is going to react yeah. since he didn't have any preseason games to try to attack, like yeah. grow with this team in a game setting. I would expect the Colts to just barely squeak out of this, like, mm-hmm. 19 to 16. That's or funny. i got to go in another way. I think the Colts beat the Jags pretty handedly, and I think people are, like, super high on Phillip Rivers as a Colt early on because they they kind of whoop up on the Jags by uh, a few scores. I, I'm more optimistic about how they hand or um, how Gardner Mitchell progresses as a quarterback. I'm more optimistic that's, on that's his fair. ability I, I, going I'm into a, this new I'm season. I'm not on the... I'm not on the Minshew train. I, I like him as a person, but uh, I would not want him as my quarterback. Uh, so I'll just put it at that. We got uh, the Raiders at the Panthers. Mm-hmm. I feel like the Raiders would – the Raiders should win this, I feel, but they're going <laughs> to find a way to botch this. Oh, no, the Panthers are hosting. Yeah, I don't oh, okay. see the Raiders winning this. Uh, I feel like the Panthers will probably – it'll be kind of back and forth. Because both teams are still, they're constantly in that transitional phase with the Raiders. But I could see it being like a 24-21, Panthers just finding a way out of it at the end of it. And I, I think that'll be where we really see how the potential yeah. of Teddy Bridgewater. If he can put away the Raiders easily, then they'll be set for the rest of the season. That's fair. I, I, think, uh, I think the Raiders win this one. I think they, they beat the Panthers on the road, and I think people think the Raiders are... Um, an AFC West contender because they win one game against a below average <laughs> team, but because that's what happens. Uh, we got Bears at the Lions. Uh, if the, the Bears <laughs> have to win, um, the Lions can't. They're not good enough to pull it out even against, against how shit. mediocre the Bears are. Yeah, it'll be like twenty four seventeen. I feel. And it'll be a sad game to I watch. probably won't watch it. Let's put it that way. <laughs> I will not be watching this one. I mean, the ticket prices are $66. Oh, my gosh. That's, that's an NFL game. I, oh my. I think the Lions win. Yeah. In this in this environment and the situation we're in right tickets. now, yeah. that's ridiculous. Um, I think the Lions beat the Bears. Um, I, I think Matthew Stafford has a – the Lions did really good at the beginning of last year until Matthew Stafford got hurt. So I think they kind of uh, – carry on some of that and Matthew Stafford does well with uh, the good receivers that he has and Mitchell Trubisky can't keep up with with Matthew Stafford we got Seahawks and Falcons I think we both know who we're going to pick here yeah it's the Seahawks I want I don't want to go so far to say that the Falcons will get blown yeah, out you still because got Matt Ryan yeah you still got Matt Ryan Julio team. Jones and Calvin Ridley it's still a decent team like I would say, like a thirty-five twenty-one. Like it'll be two scores, but to me, two-score wins and losses are not no, as because bad as a lot of people. You get like the to ball with to be. a minute left, and there's it's a two-score game. You score a touchdown. It's a one-score game. It's not not that big. So um, we got. I agree with you. Seahawks are going to be the Falcons. Um, I think it won't be a blowout, but it won't necessarily be close. Uh, the next game we've got the Dolphins at the Patriots. So they're going to Foxborough. Do you think Fitz Magic? We'll pull what they did in week 17. 
Fitzmagic hmm. have a winning record against the Patriots as a Dolphin? I don't know if that's true or not, but I don't. I, I don't. F- I feel like the Patriots. Well, I don't know. The Patriots are missing enough players. I feel like the Dolphins might be able to pull out some magic, especially since it's an away game. The Dolphins, especially Fitzpatrick, he does really well with the storylines <laughs> of his apparently rare wins. So I could see them just barely pulling this out, like maybe twenty-one seventeen, like just like last minute, just a miracle. Yeah. But it's yeah. I, I we'll see. I'm actually taking the Patriots over the Dolphins. Um, even though I don't think the Patriots are going to do that well overall, I think week one, the Dolphins aren't going to be there yet, and the Patriots are still the Patriots. Uh, so I think they'll win the first game. I, I don't think they'll do great throughout the year, but I, I at least I see them winning this one in um, a close game. I don't think it's going to be a blowout. I think it'll be close. Um, next game we got here is the Chargers at the Bengals. Hmm. God, that, that's another toss-up one because it's just so hard to tell how much the Bengals have progressed and if the Chargers are going to be able to at least maintain their productivity with Hubert as quarterback. No, Tyra Taylor is um, the quarterback. I I would probably give – Yep. Oh, that's Hubert's, right. Herbert's forgot not going about that. With, even with Taylor at the quarterback, I feel like the Chargers will just okay, barely eat enough. this one out. I don't know if the Bengals are going to be in a – like, they're not going to be set up enough to go up against even, like, the lower-end teams just yet. I think they're going to need a few games to yeah. get their I think that's fair, but I think this will not show how good the Bengals are. I think this will show how bad the Chargers are. And I think Joe Burrow will win his opening game in the NFL and beat the Chargers, and that will just show how bad this team is without Derwin James, how bad that defense is, and then how Tyra Taylor – Tyra Taylor's not going to – get you wins um i don't think now maybe austin eckler could go off and uh and help him win this game but uh yeah I, i'm i would take the the Bengals. i'm not a betting man so i'm just i'm just saying who i like I, i'm not putting any money on these games and don't put money off of what i say um next game we got cardinals at the 49ers carlos uh i don't think that the the cardinals are as much as I want them to be improved, I don't think they're improved enough to take on the 49ers. It's just too stacked. I would say they're going to probably yeah. lose by like I don't know how much points. they're going to lose by, but I, I do think Kyler Murray and uh, uh, Hopkins have a, you know, coming out party and they, they get a couple of connections there. But I don't think I don't think it's enough to beat the 49ers. I think the run game and Kittle mm-hmm. uh, are going to be able to, to, to beat them out. Um yeah, I feel like it'll probably be like twenty-one or I mean twenty-eight to ten. I feel, but not because the Cardinals did horribly on offense. It's just because they didn't have as enough opportunities because gotcha. of the nature. I would of say I think they score offense. somewhere on like seventeen to to twenty-one, maybe twenty-four. But then Forty ers can score twenty-eight or thirty-one or something. But maybe it's lower scoring game. Uh, maybe I'm just picturing Hopkins fitting in there better than he will. But. Uh, next game we got Buccaneers at the Saints. That's going to be a fun game to watch, I think. That that would probably be like one of my top games in this week, because I'd say, hmm, I want to say that the Saints will probably pull this one out. I would say I think it'll be close. It'll be too. close. Like it'll be within four points. I wouldn't be surprised if it was like yeah. thirty-five to thirty-one. Even. Yeah, I agree. I think Saints are going to win, and it's going to be close. Would, 
I think it'll be a high scoring game as well. Yeah, because it could honestly, this one could get, be up into that like oh. in the forties range. Where I, I don't think one of them will hit forty, but, but that'd be. I think it, it's it's reaching, okay. but I could see the Saints doing I was about that. Say, I don't the see the Bucks scoring forty points, but I guess the Saints could, but because they do have Alvin Kamara and Tom Brady and uh, Michael Thomas. But uh, next game we got Cowboys at the Rams. Hmm. I I was okay, so I was shitting all <laughs> over the NFC East, but I can at least see I can see the Cowboys pulling the one out against the I can't bl- Rams. I'd say that's a, it's a close one, but it's not like I'm not excited for it necessarily. I think it'll be a above average game, and I would be surprised if it's like 28, 21, yeah. maybe 31, 28. Yeah, I see that around that range because I, I think the offenses are good enough to get to that level. Okay, yeah, I see. Uh, I see the Cowboys winning this one uh, in a close game as well. What really saddens me about this this is the uh, primetime Sunday night game, and the Buccaneers Saints isn't. That's just why that yes it feels they, like a crime who ca- who gives a shit about the rams okay no la fans don't care about the rams why are you showing them in prime time when they're not a good team now i get the cowboys they're america's team or whatever they have a huge fan base but come on that buccaneer saints game could been that would have been a good sunday night game to, to start off the season all right mm-hmm. we got two monday night games we got steelers at giants Uh, I mean, I'm a Giants fan, but and I'm I'm wanting them to be yeah. improved. But the Steelers is not. The I think team it depends on what uh, Ben Roethlisberger results. comes yeah. out can do. I think if Ben Roethlisberger starts off slow, the Giants could sneak this win. But I think I would say the Steelers are going to win it. I feel like even if he starts off slow, I don't think the Giants are close enough to the Steelers to even pull out like sure pull out the upset. I think. In the best case scenario, the Giants lose by three, like around the 24, 21 point range. Or it can be as bad as the Steelers killing them by like 17. That's true. If Ben Roethlisberger can come out and play well, I I think it could be a blowout. Uh, Yeah, if the Giants are going to succeed, I expect it later in the season. Um, Last game of the week. Well, I guess we still got the Chiefs one we're going to talk about. Um, But we got Titans at the Broncos. You know, I think that I'm at least glad that they end Monday Night Football with I what so I consider too. a pretty good matchup. I think these teams, these teams are, if not on the same level, they are pretty close. I'd say that the Titans, as an overall team, are better than the Broncos. But I feel like since this is in Mile High, I think that, uh, oh my, what, what's the Broncos' quarterback's name again? Yeah, Drew Locke. I feel like Drew Locke is going to show people just how much potential he really has. I think the Broncos are going to pull out a 28-21 to win here. I think the Titans are going to have a plenty of success with Derrick Henry. I just don't know if Tannehill is going to pull them out. Okay, of it that's fair. Um, I think it's going to be another. I think it's going to be a close game as well. But I think Titans uh, squeak out a win. Um, I, but I think people are are high in the Broncos after the game because. Drew Locke and Jerry Judy fit in well together, and so does uh, Sutton. But uh, I think the star is going to be uh, them two, is uh, Drew Locke and, and Jerry Judy. Because uh, I'm excited to see Jerry Judy. He he was one of my favorite receivers coming out. Not that I watch a lot of college football, but he was my favorite watching the little film that I do. So 
um yeah i think i think it's close uh but i think titans titans win it um we're gonna end this on uh a high note the the best game of the week um uh, also true one to pick. Uh, actually i think bill's jets is probably easier to pick but <laughs> but yeah. probably uh, it actually has the the biggest spread. So according to betting NFL, this is the easiest one to pick. We got the Chiefs Texans, uh, and the Chiefs are hosting the Texans. Um, I mean, I, I don't think we have to talk too much because we've talked about Chiefs a lot already this podcast. But I think uh, um, I think Chiefs win this pretty handily. I think Mahomes throws for uh, at least three eighty, maybe four ten with at least three or four touchdowns. Um, and I think they kind of assert their dominance as uh, the Super Bowl champs, and I think Texans maybe score 17, 21, 24, but the Chiefs are in the 35 see, to 40-something range. See, I would not be shocked if the Chiefs drop yeah, a 50. I, I'm not going to put that out of possibility either. Starting off, because... Because it it really just comes down to whether or not Texans can somehow pull off a miracle and keep up with the offense. Because we we've already seen it. When this Texas team was at its best, it could not hold the Chiefs offense back for more than, like, 10 minutes. Like, it wasn't even 10 minutes. I don't even remember how long. It was a ridiculously short amount of time before the Texans blew yeah. a 24-point lead. There's too many critical flaws in your team. It took them to come ten minutes to score twenty-four points or thirty-one points. Yeah, that is absolutely insane. It was twenty-eight points. They scored twenty-eight and points in ten minutes. Four touchdowns. Yeah, unless the Chiefs suffer from the worst Super Bowl hangover or, I've ever seen. Cross my heart and hope to die. If if Mahomes gets injured, then it'll be a different story. But. Exactly. Ugh, so I don't want to think about it, but no, the Chiefs are gonna. I feel like this line is should be yeah. plenty. The betting easy books have it as a two point meet. spread, which is huge. So um, yeah, I think that's, I think it's pretty easy nail in, and I think uh, it'll be fun to watch as Chiefs fans and if, as Texans fans, you're gonna be crying for Bill O'Brien to get fired, which you should. Um, I think that should about do it for for this first podcast it was definitely really long for a first podcast we had a lot to cover um as time goes on it'll probably be a little bit shorter because we'll just do a reaction to the last week and then a uh, predictions of the next week so um i mean i would assume they're only going to be about 40 minutes to an hour compared to what today's long episode was so uh we appreciate you guys listening uh we don't have a name for this uh season whatever uh podcast that we're doing but um if you liked it we'll be doing it every week for uh the end of the season uh following all the way up to the super bowl so uh glad to have you with us and uh, if you know anybody that likes sports and just wants to hear two uh random guys talk about sports for uh an hour a week or whatever uh, hey i hey i was yeah, a sports you got journalist, a sports journalist bub. and a random sports fan here if you want to hear us talk about sports every week and we might get some guests on at some point as well if, if I got uh, if we have some friends that want to join us or whatever. But uh, it'll be us two every week uh, around Wednesday or Thursday. So thanks for listening, and you have a good rest of your day, guys. Bye.